Max, you know what your next investment is for your studio now that you have a nice wooded background? I definitely need to get uh, like a podcast mic. That's going to be that too. Yes, yes, that should that should be something that you get uh, a new chair because that thing is yeah. Long. Yeah, I need to be perfectly still for the whole time of recording. And do they? They I've, like your you and JQ's mouses are the loudest mice I've ever heard. Is it a finished thing? Like click, click, click. I don't know. I don't know actually why that is. It's weird. I don't know either. Anyway, uh, we got some fun things to talk about. We got some ranking systems to look at, and uh, we got some, you know, some news to geek out on. So let's drop that intro and get. Talking about RC. Nitro is the glory, but eBuggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this grabbing Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Nitro's the glory, but e buggy pays bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to show number. 232 of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, aka Left of the Great. To my immediate left of his extremely loud mouse. This Maximus Mortis. You are having some sort of audio issues today, and I have this flashing thing going across. I don't know what's going on today. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. So I tried to fix that flashy thing. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know. But anyway, everybody, welcome to show number 232 of the No Name RC podcast. Uh, Max and I are doing an early show this week. It's Tuesday. No, Wednesday. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday that we'll record. No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday today. That's where oh, we're recording yeah. yeah. Yes, it's Tuesday as we're I was, recording I was yesterday. out. I was out yesterday. I came home at like 3 a.m. So oh. I'm a bit lost on what oh, day. That's what happens when you're a young <laughs> college student. You go hanging out. Uh yeah. But it is Tuesday as we're recording this because, hey, man, I am off to Florida on Thursday. Well, late tomorrow evening. And I'm super pumped about that. Thank you to everybody that uh, jumped in on the waffle and did that. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to be spending 12 days here in the in the southeast. It's like a little NNRC southeast. Or thank you to Lance McDonald and Danny Paz for making it happen. And everybody that bought a waffle ticket. We did the drawing yesterday. Congratulations to... Uh, Oscar Calderon, I believe he won it. So congratulations to him. 
Uh, and he actually runs Associated, so it worked out perfectly. He got a new Associated e-buggy, and it's pretty cool. So I got to go to two races, three races, because I'm going to pop up to the Carpet Nets as well uh, and hang out there for a bit, maybe do some interviews with them, uh, or do some content for myself and just kind of geeking out on RC in the Southeast for a few days. And, of course, uh, we going up to the North Georgia shoot-up in Tiger with Danny and Lance to work with them. And I'm really looking forward to hanging out with people, seeing people, having a few frosty beverages and enjoying uh, the Southeast RC community. So thank you to everybody. I'm super pumped about that. Super pumped. Um, also, we have to uh, say some thank yous and all that stuff before we go on, Max. I'd like to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. I greatly appreciate your support. Uh, the the YouTube slowly growing. I mean, I know we do these long podcasts, but... We really would appreciate if you guys could hit that sub, like, notification, or dislike button. Leave a comment. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, please leave a review. Uh, And also help us share, because I think there's not enough people listening to the No Name RC podcast. And I think we talk about enough stuff on her that somebody can find something interesting. So, But we greatly appreciate your support. And it's a gradual trickle of of just things going up. As long as it's going up, that's all I care about. But I'd like to see some, some sparks. Let's get to 4,000 subs on uh, the YouTube. That would be a goal i like to get done by summer, if we can do that, people. Uh, that would help me out, please. It would make things great. Uh, and uh, we got some content coming up because I'll be doing a lot of my walkabouts and all that stuff here over the next uh, 12 days. And then obviously, I'm going to Portugal as well to do my stuff there. Uh, also, thank you to the... Patrons of the NNRC, we can't do that without you guys. You guys get early release. I know I keep saying as soon as we being doing a patron-only uh, podcast. I just, it's just time. I've got my kids now. Spend a lot more time with them. My wife's been working, so I'm had to work at her bar, so I'm had to look after the kids a little bit more. And yeah, my daughter would love to come here and be in the studio, but she won't be quiet, so I can't have her. Uh, thank you to for everybody for your help. You will get early release of this podcast and you get special uh, giveaways and, and whatnot as well. Uh, thank you to them. Also to YouTube members. If you wish to be a member, there are links for the for this in the written description of this podcast. Also, we cannot do this without sponsors and companies that support the podcast as well. Uh, thank you to all the companies that support us. Uh, we are looking for some supporters for the IBC race. If you're interested, uh, hit me up. We're doing some content there, but thank you to Invisible Speed. High Tech RC, Sampadal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Bringing Gas Truck Back, Racecraft USA. Shout out to Carl RC. Got some other product right here. What's up, Heath? Uh, WRCE, House of RC, RCGP. Shout out to our drivers, Dave Ronald, Jared Will, Robert Batty, and Alexander Hagberg, who we're going to be talking about because he won again. And uh, we have a new sponsor that sponsors our hot laps. You'll find out about that when we do it. Uh, Max, we have one shout out here. We have shout out to our, he's kind of helping us out or he has joined the team, helping us out behind the scenes and doing what he does well is uh, finding out knowledge and getting little tidbits. BJ Williams, uh, he's helping us out with these notes. He's helping us out with the last couple of weeks. So we officially welcomed him and on the team. Welcome to the team, BJ. Uh, we have a he has a GoFund set up set up for him. He just had knee surgery and uh, has a knee injury. Is trying to recover from that. If you guys wish to help him out, we'll uh, have the GoFund in the written link of the sorry in the written description of this podcast. And uh, yeah, so I don't really have any more shoutouts. I didn't. There was somebody's birthday this week, and I said happy birthday. This is see, this is me. 
never writing it down. Oh, I'll remember. Boom, never, never remember. But somebody, it was quite a few birthdays this week, and I'm sorry, but I forgot them all. Max, are you there? Yeah. Um, I I have to say I'm not surprised, but now I guess we my- can... We and can birthdays I've missed. Yeah, we need to organize this somehow. I mean, but I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just write some things down. That would help. I'm so bad at that. Yeah, that definitely would be, would be a start. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Uh, but uh, let's see. Let's see. Happy birthday to uh, Dean Saxton. His birthday was the other day. Andrea Trasavan, his birthday was the other day. Eddie Finnick, he's a supporter of the podcast, listening to this for a long time. David Barquette as well. Uh, shout out to Michael Lee Knight, his birthday was the other day. Jason Stubbs, Justin Williams, John Sneakers, our friend in uh, Holland. Uh, my boy Alex Canido, his birthday, he's like, he's my friend that's the tallest friend that I have. He's like seven foot one. Uh, he lives in England. Happy birthday to Brett Adam Vink. Matt Olson had a birthday. Jody D'Angelo, Troy Nicholson, Josh Wheeler. What a legend he was. If you guys want to learn more about Josh Wheeler, I don't know what episode it is, but it was a good episode. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Oh, Mark Pavitas had a birthday or has a birthday coming up tomorrow. Congratulations and happy birthday to Mark Pavitas. That's actually somebody that I need to get back on the podcast. Sit him down. Yeah. He has a good mic and all that stuff. He's not driving his car. And have another good chat. He says he listens to every one of these podcasts too. Mm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, happy, I, I happy, think happy. it's it's like every time there's one of those guys who's traveled to so many races, raced for like so long, and kind of been within the industry for so long. There's always like such good stories within that. So yeah, I, and he doesn't have to be so politically correct now, so he can say stuff that. I think yeah. uh, maybe he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but you know what I mean. All righty. Um, I think that's it, Max. We're going to go right into some Invisible Speed and high-tech RC news. Remember, everybody, InvisibleSpeed.net is the place to go to learn how to become a better mechanic and driver. Uh, you can go to them. There's an online course. There's books. Uh, we have written. We have links in the written description of this podcast. Check it out. Uh, the The actual... Discount for this does not apply. The 20% does not apply uh, because JQ hasn't made a new ad yet. But uh, thank you to Visible Speed for the continued support. Thank you to Invisible Speed for the continued support. Remember, you can go to invisiblespeed.net or follow the links in the written description of this podcast. Also, a proud sponsor of the podcast and who's been a great help to us is High Tech RC or High Tech USA. And they have just released their RDX2 1000 charger. It has a sleek modern design with easy to transport handle. It can handle uh, 
AC, it's an AC-DC powerhouse that you can use to charge your high-capacity battery packs at, uh, at an amperage of 20 amps per channel. Uh, it also has an easy-to-use LCD interface. You can use XT's connector to connect it to the uh, actual charger. Uh, it's actually a good piece of kit. It, I don't think it has a Bluetooth dongle, which is a shame because the other one does. And then the AD350 analyzing discharger, the high-power AD350 is ideal for analyzing your LiPo batteries. It's PC interface and higher capacity offer extended capability and convenience to help maintain your ultimate battery performance. The uh, analyzing discharger is $149.99, and the RDX2 1000 dual charger, which I'm starting to see pop up around Facebook, is $279.99. You can go to hightech.com slash where to buy to find out where to buy these chargers and other great high-tech products. All right, Max. So we, we're just going to go right into this. Do we want to geek out on this or go right into the other little smaller races? We'll just go right into Hagberg and save that for later because I am extremely happy for Hagberg. Uh, I did talk um, to him over the weekend. I don't know. I think we just start with him because I don't know. He had a bit of a gap because last year Michelle won both classes. And then mm-hmm. before that was COVID. So I think last time Hagberg kind of had a big, well, I mean, he's had big wins, but a European title was in. Oh, what's this, his ninth European title? Uh, eighth, I believe. I think he had, okay, okay. I should, probably should have asked him to confirm that, but. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Efra said at least that it was eighth. So. Okay, but, well, here we are. Uh, watching a little bit of this. Uh, so this is actually a video that RC Racing TV put up. Uh, 10 years of t- 12 scale. So yeah, Hagberg went in there. He was fast. I mean, it was a ba- it looked like it was a battle for TQ. Uh, there was a few people that won. This was also held uh, in England at a semi-permanent track. It was, I believe, in a school hall. Uh, Orlowski won stock. That's his fifth European title. It's it's funny that they still race. I guess this is small enough to have a stock class. These things are so fast. Look how fast they are. No, the the thing with 12 scale is that uh, the mod class is like way too fast. Like it's ridiculously mm. fast. You know, it's pretty much like uh, before they had, you know, they used to run like open motor, open speedo. Mm-hmm. But then the issue was that like there was just like so much power that like even in the a main like it was common for not like it was common like just like seven cars finished the main or less you know mm-hmm. because the prone it was like so hard to drive so much power so fast little things that you just easily just like wreck it you know so like these days they drive with blinky and uh, 6.5 even in modified that's modified. So for stock, it's 13.5 and Blinky. So basically, both are stock classes. One just has more power. Um, but I don't know if uh, the... I'm not quite sure if um, the stock class also has uh, um, stock gearing. But yeah, effectively the stock exists because like that's the only class that uh, most be- like not beginners, but most hobbies can drive. 
like the modified. But this class, class like is very small compared out. to what it used to be, though, right? Um. Well, because it seems I like Kravskia was like... very more popular back in the day. It's oh, it seems yeah. to be getting more popular now. Um. Obviously, this was the Euros. Uh, I think the Worlds are later on this year over in Florida, I believe, at Beachline. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be getting a little bit of a resurgence here. There were some top UK guys there. We had like Ollie Payne and uh, Spashat was there. Uh, Reinhardt, yeah. Reinhardt obviously was there at this race and everything. So there was competition. I guess Coelho doesn't run 12 scale much. I don't know. No, he's, he's almost never run 12 scale. Like, I think he did run 12 scale at Snowbirds or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, like, 12 scale was kind of an, kind of a different class for a while. Um, sort of like, drivers like Hagberg always run it, but like, most touring car drivers only run touring cars and then like 10 scale off road uh, if they had another class. Like, not many run uh, 112. Um, but obviously, like back in the day, this used to be one of the top classes, you know. So. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really with... happy. I'm really Sorry. happy to see it like become more popular. Like especially these euros, they got good coverage. It was really well done. And, yeah, it's really nice to see. Oh yeah, Hagberg was happy, so I'm giving that little woo. Uh, this is actually pretty cool for a semi-permanent facility, dude. Oh yeah, definitely. It's. Yeah, I I did like the uh, the track and and all that and and yeah, it's I think this is like the best way to have a track, have it like semi permanent. So you have a nice layout, you have it all figured out, but then you know it it still is like bigger and more. You know how would you right. say? More so, Hagberg, uh, like proper, I guess. right? But it looks good. I mean, it looks like a, a decent event till you see the basketball hoops and you're like, okay, it's in our yeah. school hall. But yeah. uh, Hagberg comes off there, as you said, eighth European title. He's proven that hard work's paying off because this man does work hard, he's still beating yeah. his competition. Uh, he still is excited to win. You see him coming off there, like you know, so it's good to see. And I, 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 I congratulated him. Happy for him. I think uh, that's good. I don't know what's up with my camera, dude. Give me a second. Uh, we're going to time out right there. Time in, time in. All right. So, uh, Hagberg wins eight. This is his eighth European champion. Congratulations to him. I'm sure he's well. Super happy about that. X-Ray is happy. Uh, yeah. And then we have the 12 scale worlds coming up later on this year. So, it's going to be very interesting to see. And I'm sure that. Uh, X-ray has gonna want to win this, have another worlds on the on their belt, I would say. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see. And congratulations I, to Hagwerk, man. Yeah, I wouldn't be work. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see if Coil had anything too, but I mean, it will be hard, hard we to say see. that will happen. Yeah, we shall but see. I think he would do good, you know. Like, I, I, yeah, I've still yet to see a class where he hasn't done really well. So, okay, all it right, next up. All right, next up, so we had the U.S. Buggy Championships uh, up at trackside. Chase Lamu won two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. He's supposed to be super fast up there, so not surprised about that. I saw a young gun stock driver, Kyle Go, won up there as well, which I know he probably wanted because he made the switch over to his, from Associated to TLR this year. 
So he would want the results that he was getting at Associated. And um, yeah, man, Chase Lemieux, Pierre Paul Lemieux's son. Uh, generational speed right there. So very yeah. good to see. It's interesting, like, Paul Lemieux used to be, like, I'd say the top on-road guy in America. But, like, I don't know. In Europe, I haven't, like, seen of him much. I think he does some work still in RC, but mostly in America, right? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure. Yeah. Somebody would uh, would let me know if I did. Uh, so let us know what Paul Lemieux is doing. Maybe we need yeah, to get him on this be. podcast. Yeah, because he, when I started in RC, he was like one of the top guys in in America for on road, and he used to come race in Europe once in a while. And I think I remember, I remember Live RC did a song about him. Really, it's like yeah, Live RC did songs about Ryan Mayfield. I remember and, that one, uh, and then the other one was for, uh, about Paul Lemieux. So I think it was. Um, Charlie Swanka, who did the songs. He was funny. He is funny. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Moving on. JBRL, 10th scale, round two, held at SDRC. Uh, well done, uh, Maddie G. Uh, this is why I saw it. So I didn't even realize this race was going on. Sorchi, yeah, I, I saw your message. I I did it. I meant to look at it. Then it got pushed on. He was talking about the twins, the dyad, the, Ra- the Raymond twins. Uh, but I was talking to Matty G the other day. He's better after the splenectomy. Uh, but he isn't really traveling too much. That's why he's not going to the carpet nets. But uh, went to two-wheel drive modified, which he should because, I mean, he lives at this track. Yeah. And uh, Davey Bada, who also lives at this track as well, came <laughs> yeah. for, uh, in four-wheel drive. Uh, so congratulations to those guys. Wasn't um, the first round of 10-scale JBRL also at this track? I, I, I could have sworn it was. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think it's uh, SDRCRL, you know, or like <laughs> well, it's. <laughs> why would it? They, they have uh, Rain Man's, which I think is David Bottas. No, he has Coyote Hobbies. So they have Coyote Hobbies. They have Rain Man's. I, I, I guess somebody will, somebody from JBRL will, 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 will know, you know, when we messed up. Yeah, I think, I mean, I bet. I bet there they will have other races too. There, there is more tracks in yeah, 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 California. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. that's what I said. They have Raymans, they have Coyote Hobbies, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, Arizona Spring Nationals is held at Adobe Mountain. I actually watched some video from this. The track looked good. Uh, Ryan Mayfield is in Arizona, so Ryan Mayfield has been spending a lot of time at this at this track as well as Tony Schumacher's track. Uh, he wins the Open E Buggy and Pro Nitro Buggy, and I think Kevin Lyon came second. Um, and then he, yeah. he won Nitro Truggy, so yeah, building yeah. up on that Granted, confidence. Yeah, granted, this is his home track, but he's definitely on a, on a very good, you know, run here. Considering, you know, like he races against Mayfield here, and uh, I'm not aware if other I'd, I'd expect Denny to go, but not sure. Uh, I'd expect like there to be quite a lot like semi fast guys at the very least. So, yeah, I think this is a decent result for Camden again, you know. Last weekend, it was JBRL, and now here. I would agree. I would agree. All right. Um, So, as you guys know, I am actually headed off to this race here later on this year. I'm really looking forward to it. I just saw Miguel Matias is going to be there. And I'm telling you, I was like, Max, I see Miguel Matias is running TLR. This is like the thing that's piqued my interest the most this week. 
so far. Uh, so I look forward to meeting this guy, but I'm going to the I International Buggy Challenge that's going to be held in Barcelona, Portugal. I'm looking forward to this time's coming on. Where I'll be going soon. Check it out. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some races that are coming up. to everybody at the international buggy challenge for getting me out there i look forward to working with their stream as well as doing some nnrc coverage trying out some good portuguese food and wine and find some nice souvenirs to bring back home uh so as you guys know like i said i am out of her this weekend this thursday headed up to florida to mills pond the iconic mills pond in fort lauderdale the uh florida rc championships uh round four Lance McDonald's race. Uh, sold out in less than 30 minutes. I uh, broke, crashed RC sign up. I'm really looking forward to getting back to Florida. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't, the last time I was in Florida, there was a different group of fast guys there. So now there's another group. And RC is booming again. I was, you know, I did get to go see 10 scale racing at the carpet race, but now I'm going to see some eight scale racing at, at Mills Pond. And I think you can't, when you think of Florida, Mills Pond is one of those iconic tracks back from today because it has been around for 30 plus years you heard you know greg i heard greg degani talking about racing at it and whatnot as well so interesting glances says he guarantees me he see the great mythical unicorn florida gator he doesn't believe that i will see a gator wrestling with a super snake that is found in florida as well and then a complimenting uh bull shark or tiger shark in the mix but i think it'll be possible if we get to an estuary and we see that. Max is like, what is Lefty talking about? Uh, so looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing all my Florida RC family. We're going to have some fun, have some frosty beverages, and ah, enjoy some racing. Yeah, enjoy some racing. Uh, electric offer 10-scale carpet nets. I will be stopping up there on this Sunday. Danny and I are going up there to you know do some content, watch the racing. Man, I can't bet against Fenn on this. What if Fenn wins this? Dude. Fenn will be on such, you know, you know, you know what, you know what, we're gonna talk about this because we're gonna talk about Fenn in a minute, but we just keep that in mind, keep that in the back of your brain, Max. It's actually at Beachline Raceway. This used to be the former su superior hobby. So let me tell you, dude, this guy's got stacks of boxes all around this place because it's a small hobby shop, right? I bet you he has a stash of so many parts and stuff from back in that people can't even get anymore. You just see like USA one. Or this written on a box or something. And these are parts probably from the 80s and 90s. So uh, we'll be going up there. And then uh, actually this weekend too is King of the Streets. Going on in Las Vegas. Uh, shout out to my boy Tyler Zavadil. I know he's not feeling too well. He hurt his back. So he's going to take it easy this weekend and just take pictures. But uh, 220 entries to this race. And I think it's like $20,000 on the line. So it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh Later should on this year, let's talk. What happened? Should we should we also talk about the the carpet nuts like in more depth? What do you think? Um, I think it's a like is it is it going to be high turnout or? 
Uh, so they have. They, okay, well, I was talking to Clayton. They have more uh, entries than last year. Okay, well that's good. So that ha- that happened. They bumped up yeah. entries. Uh, I I just think this race is gonna. It's gonna still take a little while to get popular and get full. I would say. Yeah, but I think like aren't all the pros going? And I'd expect like Mayfield to go because it's in Florida. I would assume so, that all these pro yeah. guys are going. So I think it's going to be a pretty big race, you know, kind of like, like the Florida Carpet Championship. No, like I'd expect it to be, yeah. It's going to be stacked. I couldn't imagine that maybe Ty, maybe Mayfield doesn't, maybe Ty and Mayfield does, but I, I highly doubt it. So I don't know. Good. I'd expect Mayfield I'd expect Mayfield to go because, like, it's in Florida. You know, it's a, uh, yeah, he'll go. If he doesn't, it's it's going to be a bit weird. But I don't know. What do you think? Who's gonna win? You're gonna you're gonna pick Fend, yeah. I'm picking Fend, and then Stock. I'm gonna pick. Oh man, hey, in Stock, very hard to pick. Maybe I'm gonna go with that kid from NorCal. I forget his name. I met him at this race, Florida Carpet Championship. I interviewed him, but I completely forget his name. It's fast. Uh, do I do mean uh, what's his name? Matthew Gonzalez. No, he's not going. He's not going. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know I people kidding. out there, but I left his name is such as such, but it's from Norca. He was actually doing his homework while he's at the Florida Copper Championships. Yeah. So oh, it's the I, same because he was he was running stock for quite a while. Luckily, he's now over those days. Well, according to JQ, that's why he had to have a spleenectomy. Spleenectomy. I mean, hey, like I'm not a doctor, but. It does it like the the dots connect, you know, opinions <laughs> and stock uh, hey, is a legitimate class in America. I you know, know, I know. I'm just, I'm it just trying to fight it, you know. I'm, well, I'm I, practicing my like old guy against the new thing kind of thing because I've never, you know, raised stock. I think I've always thought it was silly. Like I understand that it's a thing, and uh, but. You just trigger people. people. That's you just yeah. trigger people. I, I think did. it's gonna be a good race. Period. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm wondering what the layout's gonna be like. You see, oh, that's what I kind of wish I was going to Florida and all because you see, like, for this as well, because you see everybody like, you're not getting that hype before a big race. Oh, on my way to mm-hmm. Florida, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, I'll be there Sunday because we got a race to do Saturday, and I'm looking forward to that. And that's like red clay, dust, dirt, iguanas, and everything else. So I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. um, Alligators in the middle of the fucking truck. If I will, maybe I'll see one finally in the wild while I'm dropping a piss in the lake at Mills oh, Pond. Fuck. If you see me running with my zipper on, please don't arrest me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm running from an alligator. Um, who, won, who won carpet and that's last year? Was it just I would fan? assume that Dakota fan won it. Yeah. he won I, everything. I I remember um, Champlin won four-wheel drive on dirt, right? Ooh, I forgot about Champlin. Ooh, this is actually going to be a very good race. But I, I think Champlin, did he win carpet four-wheel drive or carpet two-wheel drive? He won one of each, I bet. Um, I don't know. Let's look. Should probably do this type of stuff before that. But uh, it's actually going to be a very good race, come to think of it. So, um, so Fend won tool drive 
Brock won a full drive at the carpet nuts. And then who won stock? Brennan Schimmel? Um stock buggy was Sammy Moran. Ooh. Stock full drive was Jeff Stat. Ooh, Stack. Stat That's Jeff Stacks. See, I even know all these. What the fuck is now. that name? Stakowitz. Stat- Statkiewicz. Yeah, it's, it's that was like pretty Polish. close. Oh, it's definitely some Eastern European name. But uh, just Jeff Stacks. See, I know. Look, uh, uh, all into the stock stuff. Dang! Hey, <laughs> last year at the at the carpet nuts, Cavalry beat Fend in full drive. We didn't cover this race really well because I have, I have no fucking idea. About I did a bit. Maybe you did. Oh yeah, that's why I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, it was in tool drive. The podium was um, Fend, Champlin, Cavalry, and then in full drive was Champlin, Cavalry, Fend. Well, let's put it this way: Does Cavalry Cavalry needs a good performance this weekend? Yeah, well, what does it? What which car does he drive? Does Schumacher. he still on? Oh yeah, oh. I completely forgot. So he was on Losi last year. Now he's on Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he needs a good oh, yeah. show at this race. He should do really well. Like, yeah, but he didn't, he, do should... well. he didn't do well at the MJGT, MJG, yeah. MGG, little MKGP. He was in the B-Main. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm concerned for him. And I, I totally went off on him last week, like telling his career is over and all that. So he's definitely feeling the pressure now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Enough about that race. I'll be there Sunday getting some video and looking at it. I was talking to Barkan this morning. I messaged him to see if they're ready for Silver State. I think they're excited. I don't think they went to the 2016 Worlds. So this might be their first trip to America. They kill it. I think, oh, it, is, it is their first trip to America. They didn't go 2016, I believe. I think at least Berkan said that it's their first time right, in America. It is. So he was telling me that they have the Euros e-buggy warm-up at Bischenhofheim, Frankfurt, Germany this weekend. So that's what they're going to be doing before they make the trip out to uh, to the to Silver State, which is coming up here very shortly, actually, which is coming up from the 4th. It starts on the 3rd to the 7th. So it's the Philippine Masters before that. I was talking to Robert. He's excited to go. Looking forward to the coverage coming from that. And Angaro is going to that, so it's no slouch. Mitchell Widemar is going to that as well. So there are some fast guys going to the Philippine Masters. Wasn't uh, Robert going? Robert's going. JQ's going. Yeah. I don't know if he's driving, though. Um, obviously, then, yeah, Silver State. Can Fenn win his first Silver State? Yeah. I think that right was, now that he was can. my big question. Because the right thing now. is, like, this has been his struggle race. Like, you remember that one year where he anyway, qualified in the C? I remember that one year when he was super fast too. Yeah, but that yeah, that was like uh, what was it? That was that wasn't that when Boots won? I believe so. Yeah, so that was like before COVID anyway. But like post COVID, I remember that one year when they this was the race where they came out with the new car, the eight. Yep, X I was there. Uh, something and he like. I have to say, yeah, but I have to say it as bluntly as it actually was, but it absolutely, like, I don't know if it was Carr or him or anything, but it wasn't a good weekend. He fucking qualified into C, like, it was an awful weekend for him. I have to, I have to be honest, 
that, but last year he was all right. He wasn't that bad. So I think yeah, he's, the, the amount of confidence that he's right driving right now. I think uh, it's gonna be hard to beat Fenn anywhere. Yeah, that that's that's my kind of thing because twenty twenty one, he had the speed, just like his consistency was all over the place. And then twenty twenty two, he had the speed, but you know this kind of track wasn't it for him. And he did have the con- consistency already, but only on like when he was feeling comfortable, I'd say. But this year, um, like he's like, uh, like he could have just as well won DNC, like one one crash either way on that track, and he would have been. What DNC about champion, this? So. so I'm looking at last year. It was Mayfield, Tasman, Fuller, Fenn, Rivkin. What if we see Tasman, Fuller, or maybe Rivkin? Step up and beat these guys finally. I don't see Rivkin doing it. I I he's think he's focused on ten scale now. Like okay, he he's putting a lot of time on ten scale. It's ten scale worlds here, and also you know like we'll if do, you look, we're, we're gonna talk about these guys in a bit. So let's not geek out too much. Let's just say who yeah, we're gonna okay, pick. True. Yeah, and then uh, it could be, it could be. That's gonna be. I'll be watching that race. I can't wait. I'll be watching that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, uh, we got a few more races coming up. Uh, Dirt Learn Star Challenge. I I would I hope that the all the pros go to that, but we'll see. Uh, J Concepts INS thirteen at Adrenaline, the ten scale pre worlds. I wonder who's gonna come over for that. You think? It, I, I wonder don't know. Who's gonna come over? To yeah, it's hard to AKA say because yeah, a lot of the guys went for Cactus Classic. Oh, what Desert Classic? Yeah, but they so, didn't know which tires they were gonna use. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah, silly so, to go. Yeah, I'd expect people to go, but hard to say, really. Okay. Um, yeah, we got a lot of racing coming up over. This is just the races that we know. There's so many other little races. Not, I wouldn't even call them little races. The big entry races, but we just don't know about yeah. them. So it's so much racing coming up over her over the next few weeks. We can't even go through it. We went through a good bit of it last week. But the immediate ones coming up are, uh, like I said, Florida RC Championships. Carpet Nats this weekend, North Georgia Shootout the following weekend, King of the Streets this weekend as well. Uh, Euros e buggy warm up. I mean, not everybody's going to that, but there are some fast guys going. Philippine Masters, Silver State, IBC is going to be big because a lot of European guys are going there. And then, um, <clears throat> then we have a little break to to the Dirt Learn Star Challenge, Nationals, Oof, Visions. We got a lot coming up. Max, we have a. We're not going to do questions this week. We didn't ask for questions because we knew we was going to record it early. So what we're going to do is, I said we didn't. We weren't. We weren't going to geek out on these racers so much because we're going to look at the American Top Twenty Five RC rankings, and we're going to add our twist to them and think if we agree with these rankings and uh, who out who we think should be where or whatnot. This has absolutely nothing to do with facts. Oh, a little bit of facts. It's more about feelings. And opinions. No, I have and to say here, a little my, bit of facts. my um, assessments about this are the absolute and only possible truth about things. Well, mine so, are filled with just pure heartfelt <laughs> hope and dreams. No, Complete I'll, opposite. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll we'll keep it fun and lighthearted. So, all right, I won't be too what, science moody. No, no, we're just going to talk about it real quick. And yeah. uh, we'll see if you guys agree with us. And that is brought to you by uh, Clinic RC 
and Beach RC. Thank you for all the support. You can get the Race Tech engines at Clinic RC. Clinic RC is also selling Beach RC stuff as well as Beach RC selling Clinic stuff. Uh, congratulations to Mark Santa Maria on his 100K. He got to celebrate it with uh, with Brent on Wheel and Trigger. Wheel and Trigger was good. I enjoyed that live show. I think it was last Thursday. I watched the whole thing. Uh, check it out. Wheel and Trigger, Beach RC, Clinic RC, all that good stuff. All friends of ours. We're happy to have them on board. Nope, that's not the commercial. <laughs> I was thinking that that was a new one. Yeah, Clinic RC. Thank you so much. Tony and Vicky for the continued support. Also, shout out to Lucas and everybody, Brent and everybody at Beach RC. My boy, Cinnamon Neck, how you doing? Uh, thank you for all the support. Keep up the good work, and I will see a bunch of you guys here next weekend. Not this weekend, come but the following weekend at the North Georgia Shootout. BeachRC.com, the racers' one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. That's right, everybody. You can check out BeachRC. We have an affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. That helps us out a little bit. Check them out. All right, Max. This week, we are looking at the top 25 American USA rankings, according to the Facebook page. I'm already in disagreement with number one, so we can start off right there. Mayfield, to me, right now, is not the number one eight-scale driver in the USA. Sorry, Techno. Sorry, all Ryan Mayfield fans. Fend is definitely number one. hundred uh, percent agree. In America, it's I think it's quite clear. Let me get the rankings up so people can see. If, it we, as well. if we started off from this year only, then Fend would be number one. Like if this was a um, proper series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Series, he would be number yeah. one. He's won. He won SIC. He he won PMB. Yeah. He came second at freaking uh, uh, at DNC, you know, and came second because he messed up. That's about it. Yeah. All right. But it's not too far. Like when I say discrepancies like these, I believe that Mayfield and Fender are the two. Oh, we want to share this, right? The two best uh, eight scale drivers in the USA and probably two of the best in the world at this current moment. So these are the American top 25 Nitro Buggy rankings. Uh, you can go check them out on their Facebook page. I do believe this goes back two years. So every time they go to this race, so whatever the results were for them, what two years ago at PMB is now not in void. Uh, but yeah, it looks like what? Uh, Ryan Mayfield has 399 and Fed has 326. Yeah, I don't agree with that. If this was this was started from SIC, Fed would be in the lead. Yeah, but no, but I think this covers a much uh, longer timeline. But to me, 
to me, what is interesting is um, if we look at, uh, I, I took uh, rankings from the top 25 RC site. So the top 25 RC site shows the top 50 ranked top drivers in the world. Do you have that to pull it up? So I don't have um, the Americans only, um, but effect, I can pull up the t- top 25 RC. Oh, we're going over well, the actually, American drivers right now, though. Yeah. Um, but, well, let me see. Well, I, I'll pull up the whole thing, but okay. I'll guide uh, guide us through it uh, because it's a little bit. Uh, I also don't have with... Tasman as the number three driver or Tebow as number four. I actually have Mason Fuller as number three. And man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, it's very tight between Rivkin and Rose. For that number fifth spot for me. So, actually, yeah. So, here's the... um, Let me... There's so many tabs I have open. Yes. And your mouse is ever so much louder. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. So, okay. Here's the top 25 whole ranking. Um, And it ranks all the drives from 1 to 50. In, mm-hmm. And this is for the whole world, okay? So I I got the drivers from here, um, and uh, I'll I, I have them on my list here. So I'll I'll read out the list and compare it uh, to the top twenty five American ranking. So okay, so we have the top twenty five American ranking. Um, wait, can I pull this up? While I also look at stuff. I got it. What do you want to bring up? The top 25 American rankings? Yeah. Let me see. Can I do that? Does it work? I guess it works. Okay. So we have the top 25 American ranking. We have Ryan Mayfield at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, my rankings, or not not my rankings, the top 25 RC rankings show Ryan Mayfield at the top. So it's the same. Fence second. Uh, only difference between the top 25 and uh, the American top 25 is that Tessman has a lot worse rankings in the American top 25 rankings. And I don't know really why that is. I'm guessing it has something to do with the Worlds because Desmond had a decent result at the Worlds. But I Even don't know. fourth, right? Yeah. yeah. So right. I, 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 I expect that to make a difference. But effectively, the top... Maybe it doesn't encumber the Worlds. Maybe it doesn't include the Worlds. Uh, it does. It gives them even more points, but it's like the top top two guys are the same. Uh, Tebow is ranked number three in the top 25, American top 25, um, but out of the top 25 RC list, he would be a fourth behind Tessman. Then it would be Bornhorst, uh, Mason Fuller, uh, Ogden, Rivkin, Rose, and Cavallari. That would be your top 10. 
Whereas in the American top 25, uh, Bornhorst is sixth, Rivkin is fifth, Fuller is fourth. So effectively, those guys are a bit higher than they would be on the other list. And then Tesma would be significantly lower. And then Rose uh, and... Uh, all right, Rose well, the... and uh, Seth and Dalen are different. So what? it's like the top, uh, the top of the list is effectively very similar, no matter how you measure it, which which data set you use. So okay, well, our I point think... was to go through this. It's it's first it's first quarter of the year now. We've had yeah. uh, three major races under our belt. We've had SIC. Uh, DNC and PMB. DNC was a kind of a throwaway for a lot of it, it's weird because DNC was good for some people and very bad for others. Mason Fuller being one of them, you know, was a bad PMB yeah. for him. Uh, DNC. But right now, in, in my opinion, uh, if I'm looking at one, two, three, I definitely would have Fend, Mayfield. I wouldn't have Tasman there. I'll have Fuller. Uh, I probably have Rivkin after Fuller, to be honest. Ogden. Would be next, and then I'd have Tebow probably after that, because Tebow's results really? have been up and down. He got a fifth at but DNC, so is, but, but so is Ogden, though. Yeah, but Cole didn't go to PMB, but he finished fourth at DNC. Yeah, but if we're going off just this year so far, we're just going off this year, you know. So let's give, uh, let's I give. Yeah, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Tebow at like in the top. I put five. him just I, I put him just yeah. out of the top five. Yeah, I um, put. And I have uh, Kevin Lee higher than tenth. I wouldn't. Yes. No way. Yes. Yes. He's he's fifteenth on the top twenty-five American ranking. Right, but he finished eighth at uh, DNC. Did not go to PMB. All right, Rose also. I think um, his DNC hired him, but if you throw away yeah. DNC, I think he's he's higher up on his list as well. A third at yeah. PMB. It's it's kind of like what if if we base it on sort of Feelings? all races equally, then then it's different. If we like put more effort into DNC or I don't know, I'd say Fender Mayfield at the top two is quite obvious. Now there's you know no what we'll do debating. You that. know what we'll do? We're gonna go through each one of these guys I have her the twenty six guys. You're gonna rank them out of ten. We're gonna do that first. Mayfield. Um. Well, currently, like an eight. Okay. I would give him. I would give him an eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Soon to be nine and a half. Fen nine and a half. Gotta save that half percent. Yeah. For the other. Uh Tasman. I would say Tasman's cruising around eight point eight, eight point to eight point five. He's. I'd say he is just below Mayfield, like the next guy below just Mayfield. A, a coach yeah. that much, and and not even enough. Like if he if everything goes right, he can do well. Tebow, I would say Tebow is seven to seven and a half right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, he's born horse. I have at eight, eight point five right now. This year though, not yes, really. Of, well, he got sick, and he's also been putting on a lot of work. So, but I'll give like him an eight. Where did he do? What? Where did he finish at PMB? Oh, now you've done it. I'm not. I'm not going into yeah. that. But 
I'm giving him. This is just about feelings. I'm giving him it. Giving him it. Okay, I Fuller (laughs) nine. Yeah. Okay, dude, you're just going off the rails right now. Really? You don't give Mason Fuller nine? No, I give him. I give him an upward curve of an eight. You know. Okay. How about eight and three quarters? Three quarters. That's eight point seven five. Yes. So, dude, that's an almost a night. No. Okay. I'll, I'll. Okay. Born horse is definitely not done better than Tebow this year. Like, okay, yeah, he got that's sick. In 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 results. In results. He did he yeah. beat him at PNB? I don't know. Ogden. I don't know, I'm but... gonna go first. Ogden is seven point five. It's where Ogden's always at seven point five. I would say because he can be at six point five. He can be a 6.5 on the race day, or he can be 8.5, almost a 9 on a race day, and be ready to win. So yeah. we just keep him in the middle at 7.5. That's how I feel about him. Because he had a good yeah. fourth at DNC, and he had a but, good result at that TNR race. Yeah. It's hard to rank Ogden and Bornhouse, really, because they both missed a big race, you know? Yes. And we really haven't had all but two big races so far. This is going to This is gonna surprise you. Rivkin. I have a meta. Very low and calm, 8.65. How? What has he done this year? He won TNR. He won TNR. Um, Okay, but that's kind of like winning. Well, okay. I have to say there was quite a few big names there. So everybody just, there was was a shit ton of big names there. Did he? Where did he finish at PMB or at DNC? Uh, we should have all of that. But he was in the A main. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I kind of want to give all of these guys like a seven. <laughs> you know, really? That's gonna. Yeah, it's like I. I'd say Mayfield. Mayfield gets an automatic like eight point five due to his win at DNC. Even though, yeah, he had a lackluster PMB. He had a decent SIC, though. Uh, TNR for him went all right. Yeah, Fendi's definitely a... A Rivka finished uh, ninth at the end. Yeah, that's that's kind of like bottom of the main. Okay, hey, I better do, than Ronafog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, almost everyone at Pro did better than Ronafog. Uh, okay. All right, so next up is... Brandon Rose. I think Brandon Rose right now is at a seven and a half, and he's climbing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, exactly. Now, here's Rose why I think he's like, doing that. I think I think he was good at Nemo Agama, and I think what's happening now is with Sworks because it's such a much a bigger team. He has that pool of people to pull on, and I think that's what's yeah, helping him out with his mechanics and stuff too, because he also has more, you know. He, I think that was one of his big things, like DNFing and not, not what like that. So I think having these born horse and these guys around to help him out and up his mechanic game and his setup game is helping him a lot. So I think we're going to see a lot of improvement with Rose and he's climbing. Cavalieri, dude. Oh, what do you think about Rose? Do you agree or no? Um, I mean, to be honest, Rose is a bit of a hard one to rank because like I want to give him like an eight point five, 
because of his performance at PMV. And like the thing is, he's always had speed, you know. But like he hasn't been able to finish races. Yeah, like we kind of have to see, like because like obviously SIC and DNC, that's his first big races with his new platform. Mm-hmm. So I I do agree with like uh did you say seven five or seven seven five? I'd say seven five. I think okay. that's yeah. How about Mayfield, Cavallari? Yeah, Mayfield is still up there. Cavallari, dude, like I really have to say, like okay, I'll I'll forget about the JBRL, but the only good thing he's done all year has been making the main at. DNC, like that's the no, only I'll forget result about JBRL. But because, like, come on, you, you like, you're he's losing to kids. So these they're fast. No, but like he's losing to guys who go to school, play baseball, and hang out with their friends, and he's like and a full time really fast. Well, they are fast, but like, come on, like. He and it's not that he doesn't have any excuse. He goes and practices on these tracks too. So it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just amazed, you know, how far he's fallen because I don't know. I mean, I, granted, I, I'm not taking anything anything away from the, uh, the young driver. They're definitely fast. But like, I don't know. I just Jesus, feel you have the Cavalier dead and buried. You and JQ have him dead and buried. Well, to be honest, like if you look at straight, strictly look at results, like over level of a driver he should be, like those aren't results I'm looking for. You know, I'd, I'd rather hire Lutz than Cavalieri at this point, just based on like performance, not even based on anything else, purely performance. I'd hire Lutz in front of Cavalieri. Okay. Wow, you know? Cavalier is not gonna like you. Speaking no, of like, Cavalier, like, and I'm, I, I think like if he does well at the carpet nuts, I'm gonna be like, okay, he's still. On he definitely it, doesn't need to do better on ten scale. Yeah, yeah, but I the thing a, is, like, right now, if you look at purely his results, they haven't been good, you know. Okay, but yeah, I, I think lots. Like, lots. Lots is a hard one because. He he's kind of like always there, but never at the top. Okay. You know, that's I kind have, of my feelings about him. I kind of have Fuller, Hacker, Drake, Sontag, Sontag, Wiggins. I have a little higher up on this, and I'm gonna put seven. Yeah, I'm gonna put Wiggins and Dalen higher up on this too. If I came down to, I'm gonna. I'll yeah. tell you who I put higher up on this list. I will put Wiggins, Vandalen, Lee Setzer, well, and I Wiggins will, and. The both of those guys, like all of those guys, are higher in the American top twenty-five list. <laughs> I would, oh, hold on! What? But this is the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's the the list uh, you're reading in our notes is about uh, from I'm, the top twenty-five RC rankings, but oh, only the U.S. drivers. Yeah. Well, thanks. So, and then they're separately. Easy. Yeah. I did this because I wanted to also compare the ranking systems and prove. I still that have really I have Wiggins higher than eleventh. Maybe really? not. Maybe, no, maybe no. not. I think uh, eleven is quite good. I think Pavita's fourteenth for so. I've been reading the wrong, wrong, long, wrong bloody list all this time. Thanks, Max. Um. Okay, Seth a, and Dalen, I would, 
I would have Stefan Dalen in 10th. Uh, Spencer Hackett, 13th, is cool. Ryan Pavidis, Caden Fuller, 16th. Tyler Jones, I would say it's 17th. He was on the cost. Drake, Bronson, Sontag, Danny, all the same. Lee Setzer, I like to see higher because he's been making A-mains. Cole, Tallard, yeah, kind of. I would say from I would say from in 12 dawn is pretty accurate. I would say. And all them guys are about the same yeah. level of speed. But any one of those out of all of these guys who I think can have a breakout time, breakout race, it's guys like um I think we can see maybe Aiden Horn having a breakout race. I think we can see a Tanner Danny having a breakout race. I can I definitely think we can see a Tyler Jones or Caden Fuller. And eventually Little Bob's t- turn is gonna come for Nitro. Uh, I would say in yeah, America. Was, go ahead, sorry. Bumpers. Yeah, he's ranked. It's funny. He's ranked 25th and 24th on both lists. I know. It's so close, isn't it? <laughs> so close. Yeah. Um, who would you say out of this year um, in America has impressed you and why? Um, Caden Fuller, 100%. Mm-hmm. He's okay. been one of the biggest ones. Because he's like, last year it was quite clear that Mason was the number one driver. Mm-hmm. But this year, it's like, you, in e, especially in the e-buggy and e-truggy classes, like, Caden can straight up, like, beat Mason, you know, at least for a while. So, yeah, I, I Caden has definitely been a biggest surprise. I'd say Rose would be the second one because of his performance at PMB. That was kind of like what we were not expecting but kind of like forecasting, you know, that that kind of race will happen for him because he has the speed, you know. Even mm-hmm. at RCGP, he had those rounds where he was really high up and then a mechanical or something happened. So Rose, to an extent, surprised, just just like, okay, now he's at his level where he could actually be consistently in the future. I would those think one of the people two. that have dropped a lot in this list for me would be Aiden Horn. Because at um, one point, at, at, at 2021, we had Aiden doing really well. And then he just had a very miserable 2022 when he came to 8-scale. No, 10-scale, we had a good one. But 8-scale has been his issue. Uh, and he hasn't been able to replicate his good performances that he had in 2021. So uh, I would say I'm surprised at that. I would agree with you uh, on Caden Fuller as well. Uh, very yeah. impressive. Um Lee Setzer has been one of the more impressive racers this year. And just him making mains at DNC, he also made the main at PB. Yes, okay, he didn't. He was kind of like a non-factor, but he's making these mains, which is good to see. Um, Brandon Rose, not surprised. I knew he would do I knew he would do it. Stefan Dalen looked good at PNB. He looked excited. I would say um I'm more surprised that Mason Fuller hasn't won a race yet. Yeah, I have to be honest here. I think he's kind of hit a point where last year he was finishing third, fourth, second. You know, he was up there. But then he kind of, I I think he kind of hit a little bit of a plateau again. Mm -hmm. You know, like this year he's, he, yeah, I mean, it's completely not like that's how it always goes. Like when you have a big leap of, you know, performance, then you always plateau for a bit. I think now it's just about him getting into a comfortable group, you know, getting into getting 
getting into like a confidence. It's it's about confidence too, because I think for Rose, like Rose is a great example of, I don't even think like the S-Works car is much like better or like different. Better than Nemo, but you think the supporter on it is better, right? Exactly. Especially it, in America. Yeah, and it's not it's not about like, uh, I don't think it's about like, hey, do this setup wise, like that kind of support. It's just about having people around you mm-hmm. that builds his confidence, you know. He mm-hmm. feels like he's part of a team, so he like he can, you know, execute himself better. I think I think like that's just my guess. And I think that is one of the reasons why he's been doing quite well now. I mean that's yeah. I, I would agree with you there. I, I would agree with you there. Uh I would also I would say Little Bump has is steadily improving. Yeah, People I don't have say, to understand. He yeah. doesn't have to win a Worlds at 15. You know? Oh, yeah, no. No, and... Yeah, he's definitely... It's hard to say that he's surprised because this is kind of being his, like... He's steadily just climbing it, climbing up, climbing up, and, like, soon he'll be making aimings consistently, and and before we know, he's probably going to podium big race, and, yeah, then he's right up there. Yep, I would agree if you... Uh, so I have to say this. So uh Dakota fan, we say this in every every year, every every race, every sorry, every podcast now, but I have to reiterate, I just think it's gonna be very hard to beat Dakota Fenn right now with his package, his confidence. I think he thinks he can go to any race, he can do well. If he doesn't, it's fine, he moves on to the next one. Uh going into carpet, that's his my favorite. Going into Silver State, man, I don't know. It's gonna be hard not to pick him. Uh, but we see some Europeans going over there, so we'll see about that as well. Uh, but right now, for me, Dakota fans still no surprise. The best all around racer in RC and off road racing, in my opinion. Uh, Mayfield definitely in second. I think he's doing what it, you see. Mayfield's out there doing eight scale racing, so he wants to get better. Probably testing new parts for the techno. I would say I'm pretty sure he's got some parts made. Uh, but I think once. Mayfield gets that car figured out how he wants. He's going to be hard to beat, but I still think Fend is always going to have youth, and that's what's going to be beat him in, be his asset when it comes to Mayfield. You know, and he's going to have mm-hmm. that for a few more years. He's going to have it for another four, three, four, five years. So this gets in his thirties, right? He's twenty six, so let's say another six years of this. But at the same time, you're going to have that's when the kids like Little Bomb and all these other guys are coming up. And and you know who else uh, who isn't on this list, but has been steadily improving. We talked about it. Definitely Camden Line. Uh, definitely him. Uh, yeah, yeah. On not on this list because he just doesn't have the results at these bigger races as well. And I and it, it will come. It, the thing is, not all of these guys are going to be successful. You know, some of them yeah. have to. Not all of them can do well. Some of them will lose, but definitely impressive. And Taylor, you know who else has been impressive? Taylor Sontag. He's definitely impressed me. Uh, yeah, he's definitely been like seeing him in the top five at PNB. I'm like, oh shit, like, yeah. <laughs> where did that come from? But I think he's also one of those guys who's kind of been steadily climbing and then now it shows. Maybe we should ask the listeners, what do you guys think? Do you agree with the? I know a lot of people. Well, let's look at it from this year and let's look at these three races. Uh, would you guys agree with us on our thoughts about Fan being a top driver? Who was most impressive to you this year, so far this year, or who's been disappointment? Yeah, who is your biggest disappointment of the first quarter, Max? Besides Cavallari, 
Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't you, that already. I don't think it's a disappointment in eight scale. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I have to say, um, I mean, to be honest, there really isn't big disappointment. Yeah. Uh, no. On apart from Cavalier, definitely has been okay. <laughs> like, like if we compare to the time he was at TLR. His 8K performance is quite on par with that. I but just now that it's like I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just kind of like weirded out about it. That's what you're doing. Not really. Like if anyone can argue against me, like I I don't think it's gonna be that strong of an argument. You know, like Cavalier finished like at the bottom of the main in DNC. After that, he's been barely podium him at JBRL. Like, you just won't let that JBRL go, will you? It's just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but okay. Uh, to be honest, like, he's the only one. Maybe that's why it looks so bad, you know? Because, like, everyone else has been kind of on an upward curve, or at least staying at the same level. And he seems to be still, like, going down from his... Like heyday I will level. tell you who's dropped a lot. Tanner Danny has dropped. Yeah, but I think he's in a different situation. Then. Yeah, he's no? like real work, real work. Yeah, that's the difference because Cavalier is like full time RC. Like Danny, like if he finished in the C main at one race, I'd be like, whatever. You know, he comes there and races. But Cavalier is different because that like, this is the job he does every day. I would, you know? I would say honestly, my biggest disappointment of the year so far is that Mason Fuller has not won a race yet. A nitro buggy race. Run a truggy race, run, yeah. run eat truggy, and I'm happy for him. But my biggest disappointment is he has not won you one yet because I've been talking about it for two years and I'm still waiting. But I'm sure it's gonna happen. I'm not worried. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really seeing that as a you know disappointment. Like it obviously I would like to happen. Yeah, I, I want it to happen too, but I, I don't see it as uh I didn't re- I don't think it's expected of him at this point. Like it will come, it will come. <laughs> okay, whatever. But I think I people think, expect it. Like I expect it. They expect. Yeah, it. but it's it's not like if if he doesn't win a race this year, it's not like he had, he had a bad year. No, no, no? of course not. But yeah, I mean, that's what I am. Great if he did win. Oh, hundred percent. I I'd like to see that oh, happen. And I, and I think what I would like to see happen is like Fend having a rival, someone that else to make field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that it's be clear, good. it's clear that Fend is gonna be the man to beat this year. Mayfield, uh, new chassis, definitely wasn't himself at PMB. So like, Fend is definitely has the upper hand of the Americans at the moment. So it would be really nice to see like Fuller, like maybe even at Silver State because he did like Fuller did well at Silver State last year. Like maybe even there, like Fuller. Taking the TQ, leading the main for a while, you know that I could see as one. Yeah, I don't think Fuller's really got out to a lead yet. And one, that's and yeah, that that yet. that's exactly what I'm like. Kind of be wrong. would like to wrong. see. I don't remember like because there there has been situations where you know Mayfield and Fenn has led the main, and you remember it. Maybe even Rivkin led the main in the past two years, but. Like for Fuller, it, 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 maybe he's been in the lead, but not like led half of the main type of lead. You know, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. 
So let's get winning, Iceman. All right, let us know what you guys think in the comments on YouTube. Uh, let us know. Who do you have at number one? Do you have Fend as number one or is it Mayfield at number one? Uh, who has been your biggest disappointment? Do you disagree with some of the rankings there? Let us know. We want to hear from you guys out there uh, listening to the NNRC from around the world. I think when we get back, we'll do a European one. Oh, we'll do a European one after IBC. There we go. Yeah. They haven't had as much races. All right, Max. I think that's it for that. We're going to go on to our techno main interview with Ben Panic and Zach Ryan. They talk about the Asian buggy challenge that they have coming up. A great series that they started with Scotty. They're going to have full coverage of fresh races, the Philippine Masters, which is uh, when you're listening to this the following weekend. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you to Ben and uh, and Zach for their time. Thank you to Beach RC, Race Tech Engines for their sponsorship that brought you that segment. Uh, we will take a look. I think we're going to rank. We need to rank teams. I would like to rank teams later. So far this mm-hmm. year, I would like to rank. Um, we got to do the European drivers. And then I actually would like to rank, I don't know, maybe regions and see who's better in America. But I probably have to do that with an American person that knows them a little better. But with that said, we're going to go on and have an Australian-Asian catch-up because this is all about Australia RC uh, and Asian RC with Zach and Ben. Thank you to Techno RC for their support. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Welcome to Zach Ryan and Ben Panic. These are two of my friends from Australia, avid RC fans. Ben's actually been on the podcast as a guest. So is Zach. Zach has also been a co-host. Um, you guys have been racing. Just so people don't know, people who have been w- watching the pod will know who Zach is. Because um, I've mentioned him a lot. But you guys have been around racing for many, many years. You've traveled around the world. Been to, I think Ben used to tell me you've been to four different worlds. You've been to Neos. Um, you you guys have been around RC for a long time. So I just want people to know that they're from Australia. Uh, we want to talk about things that are going on in Asia. We just had FAMCA recently with no Australians. We heard some news about Australia's top driver that we have not yet confirmed. And you guys have something that's going on that's pretty cool as well. So I just thought we'd start off with maybe introducing you guys real quick. Um, let people know what you guys like, how long you've been into RC and what you've been up to for the last like couple of years, because you guys kind of took a break as well. So I think we'll start, we'll go in order. We'll start with Ben and then go to Zach because he's in the, is like in the middle. So go ahead, Ben. Thanks lefty. Yeah. Good to be with you today. Thank you for uh, having me on. Be a pleasure to talk to you and, uh, and the listeners. So I've been involved in RC for just a little while, uh, 84, 85. Um, you know, the Hornet was one of my first cars. And, um, you know, they say that uh, the RC gets in your blood. It never gets out. Um, For me, I raced all the way up till like 93, 94 competitively here in Australia. And then I took a little break when I went to university and started to chase girls for a while. And uh, when I was traveling with work through Hong Kong back in 04, 05, uh, I ran across some cars and I'd also, you know, I'd always kind of always picked up RC car action and I'd seen 
the progression of the batteries and batteries, you know, back in the day for off-road was always the biggest challenge. And I think at that point in 04, 05, they were like 3,300 milliamp hours. And I saw, right, that's the, that for me is going to change the game because it's not a battery game anymore. And I got back into it and um, have been racing competitively ever since. So for me, it's all about nitro buggy. When I moved up to uh, Asia, I lived in Singapore for 11 years, moved back here in Australia um, through COVID and I raced nitro buggy. And, you know, I love that. That's what gets me out of bed. And that's my passion in RC is nitro buggy. Yeah. Also, you've been traveling quite a lot lately too. Uh, you you must have a lot of airline miles. Um, and I, I guess, like, I don't know how you fit RC in before that travel. Yeah, it fits in pretty well. I mean, I travel a lot for work, right? Mm-hmm. My job, um, you know, covers the whole of the Asia-Pacific region. And then I do a fair bit of global travel as well. It's great, though, because what I usually do is try and tack on races with different work events that I've got going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I just try and line it up from that perspective. And look, I mean, I've got a family and kids. I can't club race every single weekend anyway, right? So, you know, a little bit like what we see with, you know, Tebow, where he's balancing that whole working and racing. And, you know, I think we'll get to talk to that. But, you know, my interpretation of what I saw from Jared's announcement was, you know, not that he's retiring, just that he's refocusing in terms of where he's going to spend his time in RC. Mm-hmm. And you know, it'd be good to get to talk to talk a little bit about that as we get into the podcast. Yeah, sure. I call it his transition. This yeah, is transitioning to that second part of RC. Um, Zach, also uh fellow. Oh, you know what I forgot to tell you guys? I finally met Phil for the first time at the Worlds. Finally met him. I was like all fanboy. She actually called me lefty. I was like, oh, you called me lefty. He was actually staying in our hotel. Very nice gentleman. Very nice gentleman. I was going to say, we all know one person now. And that's besides Ronafalk. We know Phil now. But uh, uh, Zach, uh, you come on. used to be a co-host. You used to... I mean, you could always come on and be a co-host when you want again. That's not a problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, you wrote for a magazine, an RC magazine, an Australian magazine at one point. Uh, I want people to kind of understand as well that the RC scene in Australia has always been probably one of the, I wouldn't say probably, I don't know if it's probably the biggest, but definitely had, it's been a strong point in the Asian community as well for a long time since the 80s, as I'm getting to learn. I mean. You think back back in the day, Ray Wood was the guy who used to bring us all our DVDs and all the stuff. It was Australian. I'm actually going to get him on this and talk about it. So Australia has been involved in RC in a in a way, especially on the Asian side, for a long time. It's just maybe that a lot of people maybe on this side of the world may not know about that. So when you told me you had wrote in a magazine, like an Australian RC magazine, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, that you guys had a magazine in the, in your RC community. So tell me a little bit about, tell people a little bit about yourself that may not know you. Uh, so, yeah, I started um, about 20 years ago, uh, pretty much when gas truck was in its, like, prime, really. Uh, started with an RC10 GT sort of for the for the most part and, and then progressed into eight-scale off-road. Um, but uh, that was, yeah, starting starting in the, the gas scene, you know, it was, it was still pretty much the, the premium um, racing in Australia, and, and that's um, where I met uh, the the owner of the magazine racing lines and um, started writing for him and and he picked up um, me with some sponsorship and um, some great opportunities really to to go around the Asia region um, you know going through Malaysia and and Thailand Singapore New Zealand uh, we even went over to South Africa for a bit uh, we went there twice for for a race so um, it was really an eye opening for me because I I mean I only sort of started 
racing overseas when I was sort of 18, 19 and um, got get it, some exposure to to some of the Asian racing styles, which is very different, I guess, to <clears throat> what you would probably see in America. Um, you know, it was the event style was so different to to those events. It was more of a party, and, and they even called some of their races a buggy, you know, like a buggy party. Thailand's famous race was a buggy party, and it was literally all about just having a party. So the, the seriousness of the event, while it was sort of there for the mains, uh, leading up to that, it was more more of a party. You know, they, they'd have beers at the bottom of the driver's stand when you walk down and and um, they'd have a DJ at the track. And it it was just such a an interesting perspective on RC racing. And, um, you know, I got hooked um, ever since um, starting young and going over there and having a good time. And um, I think really first time I met Ben actually was at the uh, Thailand Worlds in um, because Ben's a, a different state to me, so quite a long way away. But, yeah, I met him over there and, um, yeah, we've been racing throughout Asia and, and across Australia for, you know, probably 15 years, pretty much running the same car um, over that time period. So you met him in the at the 2010 Worlds? Okay. That's right. So you didn't know yeah. him in Australia before that? No, 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 like Ben was saying, like he, he was in the EP scene and mm-hmm. I was in the Nitro scene and then... Um, yeah, Ben picked up Nitro. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was um, a little bit before the, the Nitro Worlds in Thailand, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, so I kind of got a – I mean, I had had friends like Ari Barkler say to me for years, you know, from like 06 and 07, you got to come race Nitro, you'll love it. And all I ever heard at that time was just how difficult it was, you know, flame outs and people having gear. <laughs> I just thought, you know, this sounds like a headache. Um, by the time I got to 2009, I realized that I was going to move to Singapore for work. And, you know, a, a little bit of investigation leads you to find that there is really no EP scene in Asia, you know, outside of Japan. So I got involved in Nitro. As Zach says, the first time I met him um, was in Thailand. He was um, in one of the uh, containers there lying on the ground, sleeping off a bit of a hangover, trying to recover <laughs> for his uh his qualifier, him and Payne had been out the night before. And um, and I was only there just helping some friends in the pits. I just moved to Singapore in July of 2010. So, you know, I, I took a, a nice hour and a half flight from Singapore to Thailand. And, you know, that became a, a fairly frequent route for me on holidays to go race RC, you know, at Biddy Design events, at buggy parties. And, you know, as Zach said, they did a really good balance between going and having fun but having a serious race as well. It was always a great time. Are they getting back to doing some races now? I, I mean, I know they had Femco. We're gonna, we, I know you guys want to talk about that. But do we see, um, and I know you guys have a race coming up too. We're going to talk about that. But do you, I know like uh, the guy in Vietnam tried to have a, a race as well, like the Vietnam, I can't remember what it was called. And they had the China, the race at the Sampadao place that also was pretty popular. Uh, do you think, We'll see these type of races come back. I know you guys are planning that as well. We might as well segue right into that, in it because we're talking about it. But you guys are planning to do something similar as well, right? Bring that type of vibe back in a series or something like, which is yeah, an Asian so, series. Yeah, and that's really being assisted um, with Scotty Ernst. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would say, really, the you know everyone has seen the the Manila track, and Edward Co's probably built you know, the best facility that we've seen since uh, the Thailand Worlds. Um, he's He's got 
an incredible 3D track um, that, you know, has taken probably weeks and weeks to build and put together with a lot of people. Um, and he's he's put it in an excellent position as well. It's close to a major airport. It's easy to fly to. Um, it's got great accommodation facilities. It's, it's really suited for an international event. Um, so that's been running for a couple of years um, and he's sort of expanded his facilities now. And um, Scotty Ernst has, you know, been a part of, of running that. He's always on the mic there for that race meeting. And um, I met Scotty there, uh, I don't know, probably six, eight years ago um, when I first started going to the Manila Masters. And um, Scotty's always talked about wanting to It's been to around that long? Of, Mm-hmm. The Manila Masters, yeah, it's yeah. been around a long time. Yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't realize it had been around so long. I, I guess, I remember when the first, I think like pros went. I think Drake went a few times, and that's when I kind of started notice. I know I remember when Joseph went the first time, and then Robert went and all that stuff. Um, is the track near? Is it so? I'm a little confused. So they had to move the track from where it was originally, right? So it's yeah. it's still in that same area, or it's moved completely from that that area. Yeah, it's still really close to the old track. So they had to move the location, but it's not very far. It's okay. a great spot, as Zach said. You know, sort of thirty minutes from the airport. Really good accommodation. You know, that's cost effective. That's nearby. So they've got a pretty sweet setup. Yeah, their race is coming up um, this next month, April, near the end of April, right? It's the week before uh, Silver State. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, because Augie was telling me about it. I was like, come on, man, you got to get some coverage. That's that's what I think it needs, too, because I think when RCGP did the coverage there for the first round, it got to show how nice that track was right there. I thought I always thought that that track had some of the best action from from RCGP. Like, just you, we don't see tracks like that too much, you know. It was so many jumps. It was like jump after jump, and it was like that smooth, well, it looks smooth, that molasses surface oh. and all that stuff. Visually, it looks so, so good. You know, if yes. someone has never seen RC before and they see a, a nice, clean track with grass infield and lots of bounce around the track, great. that looks appealing, you know what I mean? So that's that's why um, I think, yeah, we definitely need to get it on live RC, get it out and I broadcast uh, because it's just so good for, for people to see. That's the first thing I said to Augie, get some coverage. I Because I think this could be one of those races that everybody comes to eventually. Oh, it, yeah. It's getting. It, I think uh, Robert's going. I think Davide is going. Yeah. Um, well, Jay Hughes going, but that doesn't count. Um, I don't think That's any Americans are going though. Unfortunately, no, Mitchell Whitmire, I think, is going. Oh, Whitmire's uh, going. That's good. Yeah. There's so, lots of folks from the whole region that are going. I mean, you go back to that. You know that event they put on for RCGP. Not only did the track look great, but it was amazing to drive. Like it was such a good layout. Plenty of jumps, but good flow, and it worked really well. And I think that's what people come back for, right? They come back for a great venue and a good track, and that makes a difference at the end of the day. And, you know, Edward's always put on really good layouts and, you know, puts on a fun event as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Four weeks from now, we'll be there. I know. It's a lot of uh, New Zealanders and Australians going. They, I think it's it actually looks like way more than the main Asian group of people that come. Because I think I was looking, it's like, wow, it's a lot of New Zealand guys. It's, you know, I guess, wow, I just didn't realize how popular it was for you guys. I know that uh, a lot of the New Zealand guys, man, and you guys, but it's a lot of you guys, man. Yeah, I think lots of people had gone um, to the RCGP race uh-huh. and the previous Manila Masters. So, you know, there's been plenty of people that have gone back to their home countries and, you know, talked about the great 
experience that they've had and they really enjoyed, you know, the track, the facilities, you know, it, it was one of the challenges, you know, when we went to Vietnam, so Zach and I were talking last night, Vietnam was the last international race that we did at the beginning of 2020 before COVID. And they put on a good event, you know, but it was a really challenging track. It was like a two hour drive to get to each day from the hotel. So, you know, some of that takes away from the event when it is just, you know, that much effort to get to and from the track every day. It was two hour drive from the hotel. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, I, I was talking to Scotty. He loves the Philippines. He loves it there. He's like, I can't, he, he really does. I hope to get there next year. I would really, this is one of those races I would like to go to. Uh, I've always wanted to visit the Philippines as well. So hopefully that, that happens and hopefully they get some, I would, I really think it's now like these races that are like this, like coverage is mandatory. Like if you want it to be a recognized race and get, and get more people there, I think that coverage is going to be there. And I think these guys will do it uh, because this is their first time doing it since COVID, right? As well. Yeah, I believe. So yeah, good stuff. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Everybody's wondering how Joseph's going to make out there going back to see I'm like, he'll be all right. I'm, he'll be all right. But then again, we're talking about Joseph, so who knows? Yeah, he's got to get but, through customs first. <laughs> I don't know, man. When I'm not with JQ, he gets in trouble. So I don't know. We've, we saw that at DNC. Uh, all right, so let's segue into Femco. So we recently had a Femco race. Uh, I liked you guys' questions. I, I'm not going to lie. I did not know there was a Femco race going on until it was actually a Femco racer. It, and I will, I will say this. It's been a while since I've seen Asia RC active. That was good to see too, which is like the, I like to say it's like the Neo buggy of Asia or red RC of Asia. So they yeah, have they some good, a good job, right? The Asia RC guys do a great job. They've always got good photos and good coverage. And like you though, I almost didn't know there was Femco until the race started. No Australians there. What's no. going on? So what happened? Six weeks out, you guys learned about this race. Why such short notice? good question that's the that's the question really um that's when it was announced it was announced six weeks uh before the event um that it was going to be on and um at that point obviously um everyone from australia probably new zealand um went on and started to look at flight prices and we we're in the vicinity of two and a half thousand dollars to to fly to the event um, really? to, and, yeah. to Asia. yeah mm-hmm. that's right yeah you could probably fly to America for cheaper, right? Yeah, we could definitely fly to America cheaper. Maybe if you know, if we obviously have more time, lead time, and right. that's why it's so important. You know that you need to. You need that's to have amazing! The lead I didn't realize it's so expensive. Yeah, flight prices yeah. out of Australia at the moment are really expensive. You know, like right. I, because you know, I'm flying every week for work, basically, and they're expensive. You know, it's certainly prohibitive, especially when you're looking at you know six weeks out. I I jumped online. I said, all right, well, I won't be going to Femca. This is way too expensive. But not only that, you have to put in time for work too. Yeah. Because this is what That's a week-long right. race. Yeah. Oh, did, was there any reason for this? Was there, I mean, is it usually this early in the year as well? Uh, it just depends mm-hmm. on what country it's in really. So okay. um, it could be any time through the year. Um, but there wasn't really uh, any reason as to why uh, they decided to do it that early. Uh well, not maybe it was something of. to do with the track. Yeah, not that we we're aware of. It wasn't announced or anything. So, yeah, right. Because I mean, Femke's kind of it's. I know you guys have your, your issues with Femke. It's kind of like my issues I have with a lot of federations as well. But they're not really. I, I would say they're better than probably some other federations. But 
they're not really been very active as well. Kind of suffering from the same stuff that the other federation trying to get the older guys in, get some young blood in. How would that work over there? Like, does Australia, who's the Femka guy from Australia? How does that work? Because Australia should have a big presence with the amount of races that you ha- races that you have. Uh, it's interesting you ask, really. Um, I'm trying to find some traceability around what the process is, and this might be a good opportunity for you to to get the Femca president on the podcast and maybe get him to explain it um, because uh, there's no Femca website. Um, I can't see any process on how any people get voted in um, at the Femca level. Uh, we obviously have um, an RCRA uh, president and we have an eight-scale off-road president um, so I'm assuming that the RCRA president has some voting rights and maybe they have a general meeting, um, but uh, there's there's really not really anything visible online around a general meeting or how that process works. Right. I, I was, I'm looking at your notes here. It's, it's, you guys, I know one of your biggest complaints was the amount of spots that you get as an Australian. Because you, so let me get this right. Are you guys determined on going for the world from FEMCA or are you determined from Okay, from your countries. So it's similar to Europe then with Afra. So they yeah, do it by countries. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, and it's it's not really complaints, it's really, you know, what is the objective of FEMCA? And, right. You know, how do we make RC better in the region? And if I take a step back from that, I would consider that one of the things that FEMCA could do is, you know, help to increase the popularity of the FEMCA championships. So, you know, first thing for that, let's get the date set in advance Mm -hmm. so we can have people go and then secondly you think about well what does femca mean okay being femca champion that's great that definitely has some allure and prestige it's been won you know many times by har and carl mcbride so you know there are world-class drivers that have won it before but how do you take that race to the next level you know one of the things that we've thrown around is you need to make the race attractive Mm -hmm. so you know firstly is it in a place where people want to go is the track, you know, world-class. And then what does the race mean? And I think if we think about what does the race mean, if it was allocating spots to the world as an example, I mean, that would change the whole dynamic. So mm-hmm. I think if we look at, you know, the Femca block, maybe there's 40 spots as an example out of the, the 160 or 200 that go to the world. At the moment, they get allocated out to countries. So if they took maybe 50% of those spots, right? So if 20 were up for grabs for the top at the FEMCA, at FEMCA mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would change the whole dynamic of that FEMCA championship. You know, you would have more people that were interested to go, you know, those top 20 folks, or maybe it was, you know, everyone that made a semifinal, you know, gets to go to the Worlds. Because I think the other thing that you're looking to do is FEMCA is how do you increase the level of the driver's from your region that are attending the event, right? At the moment, I think from memory, and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Australia's only guaranteed two spots. For two spots, that's right. Yeah. Now, we generally get more than that. We have people mm-hmm. that put their hand up and we get more. And Femca's really good about spreading around the extra spots that they have. Um, but with the amount of, you know, drivers that we have that would be in the semifinals, as an example, or the finals at Femca, it's certainly more than two. So if you look back and think, how do we increase the level and the quality of the drivers from our region? You know, having something like the Finca Championships decide potentially, you know, half of the spots for the world, I think would be an amazing draw card. 
Um, and also, I'm just giving people time to go to the race and plan to go to the race. Like that was very bad on them. Um, and brings that bring some prestige back to it. I, I agree with you. Like this race should be on the level of the Euros or the Nationals for you guys. All right. Um, I don't think you're learning this because I they just had the South American Championships, right? They had it at Buenos Aires. Uh, they just had it this past weekend. Uh, a lot of my friends went on to it. It was not well attended. It was, um, it didn't have as many, the people were a little bit upset because the track was kind of been the same for the last four years. So it wasn't changed. There was, uh, so, but I mean, it just wasn't, I get it. Like they're trying to do the same thing, get that allure, get that prestige. I still think it's a very prestigious race. I still think, think being Femke is prestigious. Probably we just need to get it back, pumped back up. And, and the only way to do that is to get the battle guys over there. You guys, we need the New Zealanders. We need the Australians. Like you said, there was no guys from Japan there. Uh, no Mugen, no Kyosho representation. Like, no Hara. Like, Hara, like I was shocked that Hara wasn't even there. So it, it kind of just was like, yeah, I'm not taking from the, the, the young kid from Korea. He was at the Worlds. He's, yeah. actually, he's actually the older of the 12-year-olds. So I, it, it, that's great for them and all that stuff, but it's always going to be like, well, there was not, there wasn't no real competition there, I would say. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm being nice. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice about that. I think it's important um, that all these event organizations actually progress with the times as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether there's a lot of bureaucracy in the process of, of changing rules or changing formats, um, I, I think that's where, you know, a Manila Masters or an Asian Buggy Championships or, a, um, you know, Thailand Buggy Party, they're sort of only run by a few people and so they probably got less bureaucracy and, and the ability to move a bit quicker and change things. Um, so I'm not sure what needs to happen um, at a FEMCA level to allow for more ideas to be at least even talked about um, or explored, um, make it a bit more transparent and easy for people to to bring up ideas and maybe make some changes um, so we can move forward, um, you know, with the times a little bit because at the moment it's so locked up and and hidden that you just can't you can't even see the path forward to make a change, uh, let alone um, change it. So, so yeah. do you guys know where Femke will be next year? Or that, that no. hasn't been announced yet? No, it hasn't been. We don't even know where the world's going to be next year. No. I mean, I think if you look at it, you know, back to, you know, if Zach and I were to think about from a business perspective as an example, right, I couldn't even tell you what Femke's objective is. You know, you need to have a clear stated objective so people know what you're about. Um, that's missing. So I think mm-hmm. there's an opportunity for Femke to build off the heritage and the prestige that it has. And it's got great heritage and prestige, right? It's a, it's a fantastic event. And, yeah, maybe it was a little you know, rushed in terms of planning this year. And, you know, I think we're feeling that. But the event has the opportunity to be something pretty special. It just mm-hmm. needs to say, how do we take it to the next level? And, you know, what's the objective? And where does Femca want to be in three years? What's the plan for Femca? I agree with you. I agree with you. And it takes, I think people just get complacent in there. And, and that's it. And maybe they've done this for a very long time and this is all they know. And I, I, you see this, you see this in his other federations, like Afra went through its stage, but Afra is probably one of the better associations, federations. I mean, Roar, they just got a new president in. He's, he's already vote, had a vote of no confidence for the former RMT. 
and all this type of stuff because he wants to progress forward, you know? But he also is a little older, so he needs a little help with the social media side of things because he, he's not into the Instagram. And, and, you know, I feel the same way. Like, we need to use these federations as as as... They should be, like, on the front line of trying to get new people into RC, in my opinion. For example, I will use um, the BERCA. They just had that MKGP race. They were front and center, like, right there. This is RC. This is what we do. Her try this. I'm like, that is perfect. That's what they should be doing. That's why I give them such mad props. As much as the British are stickler for rules, they they have a great association, in my opinion. All the best in the world. So people, I think they should be striving to be similar to that, in my opinion. All these federations. Yeah, the exposure on that race is huge, right? It's a pretty mm-hmm. special event that they're able to put on. It looks amazing. It gets plenty of the public across RC. So, yeah, it's, we need more of that for sure. I mean, I'm, imagine if you did this in, like, Thailand or somewhere like this, in a mall somewhere or somewhere, I don't know, like that. It would be thousands of people around there. Thousands of people. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's going to buy an RC car, but just great exposure for RC. All right. Um, what else do you, let's let's go on to our notes because we was I like some of the stuff we was talking about. Um, well, I guess we should just go right into the Asian buggy championships that you guys have next. Or this is something that you guys are doing with Scotty Ernst. Um, it's going to have full live RC coverage. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your plans for this? Uh, tell us all about it. I know you have some great ideas for coverage, which I think is good. I want you guys to say it because we always say things need better coverage, but you guys have it listed on what you want to see so people can understand what we mean, better coverage. So whoever wants to take the reins on this, go ahead. Well, it's Zach's baby. So he's, you know, the genesis of this has really been the the East Coast Nationals over the last couple of years, which has been great. It's been something that he's done a a superb job, you know, with, uh, with Ty Beal and the club up in Queensland. So Zach's certainly the best person to talk to this one. Uh, yeah. So obviously I met Scotty um, in Manila at the Manila Masters and we'd been talking about hosting a bit of a series uh, throughout Asia and and sort of boosting um, through Live RC, you know, the coverage of the events and uh, the opportunity came up uh, just before COVID, uh, but it all fell through obviously. And, you know, we want to try and get as many sort of overseas people as we can um, so, yeah, eventually Scotty got back to me after the flights opened up and um, we've been planning uh, for the last couple of months and hopefully we'll announce some information um, over the next week and, and get some entries open. And, um, yeah, it's at Pine Hills Dirt Racing, uh, my, my local track, uh, oiled surface. Uh, so it'll be nice and consistent. We're doing a bit of a track rebuild over the next month. Uh, but the big focus really is to just get some exposure um, to some Australian racing scene. Uh, we want to yeah, get some live RC coverage going. So uh, the guys that did the AOC, the on-road uh, Asian championships, uh, those guys did a great job doing the live coverage there. They've got um, a fair bit of experience now doing the live RC. So uh, we're getting them up. They're running the whole uh, streaming service uh, for us. Um, and they're, they're, I guess they're pretty much part of, Scotty Ernst's media team now, so he's been dealing with them and, um, you know, they do a great job. So, uh, you know, if we can get some live RC coverage, um, maybe a bit of pit walks, um, get some exposure uh, to a few other people that maybe have not been on the scene. We've got some some great young people here um, racing, some some um, talent, you know, maybe 13, 14 years old and Jack Parsi, 
he's been running the the Mayako and, and improving every year. And um, you know, Jackson Beale, Caleb Noble, um, you know, the list is really endless for young guys. That the opportunity for them to to race against um, some international um, races as well, um, hopefully from Asia and, and potentially. Um, if we can get some Americans over, um, that would be um, ideal for the event, um, and just give give people that that opportunity to race against pace that they they may not have um, in the past. Um, you know, Kyle McBride got the opportunity when he was young to to race against Renault Savoyer, and um, you know, for him to just see that pace at that young age, I'm sure helped uh, to no end. And um, so we want to sort of do that again and 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 get that exposure out there. Uh, so he said something interesting. So he, because Renault spent some time in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah that's cool. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Another good friend of mine, French driver, who's pretty good, is down there now. Felix, uh, he's in Sydney. Uh, yeah, I think Kyle's talked about that, right? That's a really pivotal time, really, Kyle, because it was prior to the 2010 Worlds. Renault came out for you know a while, lived here, and you know race week in and week out, and you know that really showed Kyle what the world pace was and where he needed to be. And I think that dragged him forward, right? The timing for him was just perfect in terms of his development. You know, he was at the stage where he was already very quick and that just helped him level up. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kyle in a minute because we're, we're all speculating about that. But I wanted to go through some of the things here you wanted to do, which I think is great, uh, Zach. You want to have track walk with two top drivers talking about their lines, track in general. I was so upset when I didn't get to DNC. I said, oh, I'll get there Tuesday. Didn't get a track walk in. Okay, it didn't matter because we didn't really use the track, right? But I love those track walks. Uh, I love the after qualifying. We need to sit down with the top three and talk about qualifying with F1. I'd love to see that happen. The problem is you have to plan. All this stuff has to be planned. That's what I learned with um, working with RC Racing TV. Like you have to script all of this, right? And it all has to be fit into the racing program. I know you know all of that. Video close up of the pros, that can be all videoed and put into like lunchtime breaks and all that stuff. Great idea. General pit walk, we all love this. Pit, Phil used to do them really good. Nick does a great job of them as well. Pre-recorded segments to play during live time and breaks. Exactly. The, the send people out, get those videos of the products, get them talking about it. That's also a place where you can put sponsor commercials, all that type of stuff. There's so much potential on the live, on this live feed. Uh, working with Danny, uh, that's what he was doing. I remember he was actually editing video, like, oh, yeah, I need to make a commercial real quick, and he would just edit it up, and we'd have a commercial. You sell that space, you get your live stream, we get more RC out there in the algorithm, some chance of people seeing it. That's how I look at it. So all great ideas. I think that's all great comments, especially like the sitting on with the three people afterwards. That means a lot. Like that brings just a little bit more added full scale effect and professionalism to that side of the hobby and that side of the sport. Um, that's what that's what makes racing interesting is the personalities, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you you can have twelve hours of cars going around on the track, but if people don't know the personalities behind the car, it, it's it's not very interesting. So, the show is more so about the people. Um, and you know their journey to get to the the facility, and and you know what their history and background is, what they're running. So many times you see, you know, a pro driver take a photo with their with their shell on, and never talk about um, the intricate changes that they're doing to the car. You want to know the detail. Um, 
so many times Phil would walk around doing his pit walks and he would keep pursuing a question um, to find out the detail rather than, you know, how was your run? Okay, my run was pretty good. Well, that doesn't really tell me anything. I want to know what compound tire you're running, what tread pattern, why did you go down in your shock oil because it was colder. You know, those sort of details are what, what people learn from and they and they get interested about. And I guess that's what we want to pursue uh, with some of our coverage um, and hopefully we can deliver on some of that. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely missing. You know, you think even about the DNC. I remember when Phil used to go and cover it. I remember waking up, you know, over breakfast every morning when the DNC was on or Silver State and you'd just be enthralled with, you know, what Phil would put up. Uh, it was descriptive. You know, he'd like write articles that were great and then his interviews were awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, his pit works were, were really good. So we've got to get back to that. And I think as Zach says, you know, really peel the onion, get into, you know, why did you make those changes and and ask the difficult questions, like not how was your run? No one really gives a shit. Who cares about how was your run, right? But what did you change for that run? You know, if the track, you know, went away from you, you know, why did you do that? What was you thinking? And, and ask some of those difficult questions. I think that that for me is what's interesting about it and we need more of that. I would agree. And the, pro- and the pros need to understand that that is part of the job as mm-hmm. well, I think. Um, they can't get frustrated if there are difficult questions put their way because, you know, that's what their job is. They have to sell their product and they need to explain some of the details about their product rather than than just hiding in a tent somewhere. Um, not saying that's what they do, but like that, you know, that could be part of it. I agree. I agree. They have to – it's getting better. It's it, You're seeing – I would say like one of those guys you can always go up and talk to without a problem. And is always professional is Ronald You know, he's always going to be there. Most of these guys are right, but he's always there. Like, okay, let me stop. Let me fix myself. Let me go talk. And I think it's just a mindset that has to be also accepted by these drivers. They have to be comfortable in front of a camera. They have to be, you know, understand that, okay, these people are going to ask questions and I need to ask, answer the same questions and people want to know. But it, it's getting better with, with stuff like that. Even from when I've been working with people and doing working with streams and stuff like that and talking to people, they are available to talk to most people. So, but it's still a little awkward, you know? And I get it. I get it. It's, it's super awkward. I mean, you know, we've been involved in it for decades and, and we mm-hmm. see it, right? It, it takes a long time to build relationships with some of the people where you feel that you can approach them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not stepping on their toes. And, you know, if I if I kind of take two steps back and think if I'm running a company and, you know, I'm in a big race and I've got my pro drivers there and I've got other amateur drivers there and if people are running the products that I'm selling and they don't feel like they can approach, you know, my people, my pros, that's a really difficult environment because you're not engendering any, you know, um, customer traction you're not building customer traction with those people you know it's almost like well you know the pros are stuck in a tent and how do you go and approach them i mean we've talked about this for years you know if i, I was, if I was so running i'd be like right at the end of the day you know you have an hour set aside or whatever the time is where the pros can sit and you know your customers can come and talk to them and they can bring cars or ask questions or anything like that and i know that's difficult at a race but i think you that's the next level that we need to get to, right? You need to make it um, more open where people feel comfortable, where, you know, if they're running, 
you know, whatever brand car it is, they can approach the pros and mm-hmm. you need to make that easier. You know, it is difficult to go and approach them, you know, after a run or whatever. I get it. People feel uncomfortable. So, you know, that's up to the manufacturers to make it easier for their customers to uh, to approach pros or, you know, approach, you know, even some of the engineering folks that they've got there at the races that can help out. Absolutely. What's, in- what's interesting really with Jared Tebow is I think, Maybe there's a, a bit of leaning into what you're talking about there, Ben, where, okay, DNC, you know, there's a lot of pressure to perform. You know, these pros want to be focused on on performing to their best ability and so they maybe don't feel comfortable getting around and talking because that might be time that they're not focused on, on getting the win. Um, maybe there is more value for money going to more regional races, getting some time to, to you know, maybe spend with your customers rather than, okay, I, Maybe it's not so important that I win here. I'm gonna I'm gonna perform very good because I'm a top driver, uh, but I've got more time now to go and spend with some regional drivers that um, you know are, are interested and sell my product a lot easier that way than than maybe getting a win at a DNC. Does that does the win at DNC really sell kids, or does spending time with a pro for an hour at a track somewhere um, and him talking through how good the car is and helping? that person improve their own car um, does that sell a kit i would probably say the latter sells kits a lot better than than a win at dnc i think there's no doubt about that right if you if you look at how many kits you just need to do the basic math i think we did this maybe seven or eight, eight years ago over a couple of beers we did a basic math and said you know how many kits would you sell for winning a dnc versus how much does it cost you know to get the team there and then what does it cost for a pro driver you know, if you look at what Mayako's done, um, you know, I think it's a pretty smart move, right? Jared and Robert were not brought to Mayako, or at least this is my guess, you know, to win races. But if you look at the following that Robert has in Spain, with that following is going to draw a whole lot of new Mayako customers and cars because Robert's going to give them support. And I think you're going to see that as well now with Thibaut moving away from focusing you know solely on the top races to maybe more of that regional aspect he'll be able to bring many 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 customers to the brand and i think there's a lot to be said for you know the regional teams that um you know some of the brands run they do a great job of you know bringing those regional customers you know the pros put the brand up in lights when they win but i think they are manufacturers probably over rotated on how many pros they had and i think when they looked at it from a a return on investment perspective, they just said, hey, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think TLR did that, like Horizon did that this year. And they said, okay, we're not going to pay Cavalier. Well, I shouldn't say they're not, we're not going to pay him what he, what he was getting before. You know, we're doing good. And I think I actually thought that was probably one of the smartest moves they made. Uh, I wanted to touch on, because you brought up a lot of good things. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on was when we, one thing that, okay, RCGP maybe not have been the big success that I wanted it to be last year, right? That I was hoping it would be. But one thing that was very successful, and I would have, I would love. It's, I think it's more for smaller races or maybe more regional races that have some pros or something like that. Was the the uh, RC two loves RC, uh, like RCGP loves RC two, where they took time, they took. Um, so basically, they took. The people, look, it kind of sounds bad because they take the last group of people, you know, so let's say it's 12 drivers, last 12 drivers, and then they paired them up with 
uh, the 12 pro guys. And the, the, like, the person who finished last got to pick which pro they wanted to be with. And it was basically they got to spend time with him. That guy went and wrenched in the car. He drove the car. He showed them what was wrong with it. And then they had a race where they took the, that guy's best lap versus that person's best overall five-minute time. It, I, sw- I remember the first time he did that, people didn't want to do it, right? They was like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to do it. Da, 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 da. After they did it, they were like, oh, that was the most fun I had at this. And then I remember we went to, like, England, and people were literally looking forward to it. And this guy, he goes, oh, thank you for making last not feel like shite. And they gave everybody that, like, the people that probably needed the most help, received the most help. They they had the earn race. They got to hang out with a, a driver that they probably never probably would have went up and hung out with, even though RCGP was small. You know, it was still people were, even though everything for RCGP was like, hey, come up and talk to me. It was still, I know people are nervous. And even like one of my buddies to this day, he's like, man, that was probably like, he got paired with Alex Zankatine. He's like, that was one of the best experiences I ever had. So we need to see stuff like that. I am all about, these are professional drivers. They get paid to do this for a living. We need to, we're not utilizing them in a professional manner. I yeah, think. I, I 100% agree. I yeah. 100% agree with that. Um, that's an awesome also, initiative. I mean, that's the other thing is, right? People people get different things out of RC, right? Mm-hmm. RC is not just all about winning for the majority of people, right? It's about being with your friends. It's creating new friendships. It's having something outside of work to, you know, remove stress or whatever it might be. You know, I get a lot out of, you know, you help someone, you see their you know, your lap time improve or they get, mm-hmm. you know, they, they enjoy their racing more. You know, that gives me now so much joy. I'm sure, you know, that initiative that you did at RCGP, plenty of the pros really enjoyed it. I bet you those guys that got their help in, you know, setting up their cars and maybe fixing brake linkages and all the mm-hmm. little things that make a huge difference in Nitro, you know, I reckon across the board, they all probably achieved a better lap time by, you know, more than half a second, right? I- People were happy, man. People were happy. And it was good to see. Also, to touch on what you said about Robert and Jared. So right as Robert got signed with Mayako, obviously we went on the South America tour, right? So we're in South America. This is his turf. Like, you know, he's he speaks Spanish. He's the first Spanish champion. He wins it in South You know, he's a legend in South America. But I have, I will say this, like, he was on his phone, WhatsApping, Facebook. He was busy, like he was busy, busy, busy. Like people, he's not he's not there for his results. He's there because Robert's smart. He wants to continue on in RC after his time of being fast is over. He's very personable. He's very hard working too. He's hard working. I mean, he would be up like he would be like Robert, like put your phone on. It's like nope, you know. And and Tebow is I think like that, but also Ronafalk is like that, right? So when Ranafalk took Mayaku, he also people don't understand he also is working. He's also up there being a distributor up there in Sweden. And they did things like have a barbecue if the with uh like had a race and they had a barbecue for the Mayaku guys and all that stuff. So it's it's lots of things like that that build. I I, I always said, um, the Ghani always should say say to JQ, you should just go oh, because we used to leave the van on the East Coast, right? And it's like he used to say, you should just go to the East Coast. And just focus over there because people would love you over there. You go to all those regional races, you can do your invisible speed. You know, you would get so much more customers than coming over and spending five months in SoCal. 
Yeah. And I always took, and it's true. It's true. When you go around and do these, like when I first started with JQ Racing, like I did a lot of that. You know, I went, you know, I went to the big races, but then I would take a couple of weeks off and then I would, you know, we'd have the JQ van on the East Coast. I go to a little racer and I go her and I go there when I was in America. And that all means a lot to people. I'm not no setup guru, but just showing up and supporting those people that support you. So it definitely, yeah, like you can't have three race drivers. Like it's not going to, you just, you're just not going to sell enough kits to support those type of teams. That's why I couldn't, like when Techno had that big team, I didn't understand how they, they did it with so many top drivers that I know they had to pay, right? So yeah, we've seen it before, right? We've seen it with Durango. You, mm-hmm. it, it goes in waves. You know, I mean, the, there's so many people that, you know, like Robert and David and Jared, you know, you look at Drake and what Drake's built, you know, exactly. over the last 20 years. You know, he's, he's done that because he's personable, he's approachable. He goes to those regional races. You know, he builds a following. You know, Spencer does the same thing with a lot of his, you know, online videos and the things that he does at the track. So, you know, there's there's plenty of good examples of how it can be done. Probably just needs more of it. Yeah, then you think on the flip side, what about guys like Cavallari, who have just been a racer their entire career? What happens to, he's probably getting to that point. Look, he's at WRC. You know, he did pretty good. He did good with the car. He did good with the car at um, the NC. But he's driving Schumacher, right? He, he's, he's at a, he was at the MKGP. He was in the B-Mains. You know, like, what do you what do you do when you're Cavallari, you're 35 years, 36 years old, and you've just been a racer all your life? Whereas I think it's, but you know what? That's that's That happens in RC. How many world champions have, you know, have, have just faded off into obscurity? I would rather see these guys be, it, it should be something that you should, you work that hard. Like a, a guy like Cavallari works all his life racing, right? All his life yeah. racing wins multiple world championships. He's part of like the three most dominant guys you've ever seen in RC, but he could be out of RC next year and like non-existent. That's kind of sucks. Like all that work you do in that time. So it's important. You got to build your brand. You got to be eclectic. You got to, you got to think of the future. Like, and this is what guys like, like Robert thinking. He's like, I want to be in RC. This is what I want to be around. How can I still be my name, be relevant and be effective. Jared JTP is doing all that type of stuff. He's seen he's seen the same thing. Smart moves, and also, I think Tebow wants to spend some time with his family. I think, I think he can still be competitive, but I think he's not willing to put in the. I, he's going to be on her. We're going to talk about it more, but I would say the amount of time that he has to put in to be competitive with these guys now is is a lot, as well. It is. I mean, but you're racing again. Like you got it's, look. I'm going. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I saw these young guys, right? These young, like these Kilix and these Parientes and these, these kids are knocking on the door of a whole different type of driving style that these, these older guys, if they don't adapt, they're not going to be able to catch them. Like they're taking what they're scrubbing and all that. They're not just, they're just doing stuff. Like I'm just like. So let's talk oh, about that. You raise a really interesting point, Lefty, that, you know, we've been thinking about for a long time people glorify like oh i want to be a pro rc racer i cannot think of a more challenging job to have to do and get out of bed week in and week out if you think about you know a corporate career or whether you've got your own business one of the things you know as you go through that year on year is you build experience Mm -hmm. right and you know with experience comes seniority and all those sorts of things now in rc 
you know, it's a different kind of mindset because what you have is, you know, you think about the Ryan and Ryan and Jared show, right? They've been amazing, those three guys, over mm. decades now. But they've consistently got young kids who are nipping at their heels trying to take their jobs. The kids don't have mortgages. The kids mm -hmm. don't have kids. The mm -hmm. kids don't have any worries. They deal with stress in different ways. For them, it's just a fun race that they're going to. It's not a world championship, right? They just go and try to win it. Look at what Kyle did back in uh, 2010 coming forth, right? He didn't really have a view when he was, you know, 13 or 14 about what he was really doing. He was just going and racing and enjoying himself. So I think, you know, you look at the amount of talent coming out of Europe, whether it's 10 scale or 8 scale, you know, Marcus Kurup, the Hall brothers, like you've got so many people in North America and in, you know, Europe and even Asia, you know, this young Korean kid who's 12, you know, they've all got youth on their side. They don't mm. have any financial worries. I mean, the amount of stress that you would go under as a pro when you line up for a Worlds or a main, knowing that, you know, there is contingency money on it and you need to win that to pay the bills, mm -hmm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. huge. And then you get to 35 and you've got no job because you've got 14-year-olds who've taken it. I mean, it's, it's a crazy. brutal career, absolutely brutal career. And people, I don't think people get it. People just think, oh, being a pro is cool. You go get to race all over the world. And I'm not sure that that's as cool as everyone thinks it is. It's a lot of pressure. It's a, a lot huge of pressure. You, I mean, you kind of saw it like, uh, if you and, and what people don't under, like, I think so. There's a lot of it's it is glorified, but these guys do probably three weekends a month, right? They have to, like you said, they're they're like the top guys, they they get paid well, right? But also, the, like, it's a difference between first and, and sixth, you know, and then that guy who's like 10th, he's he's probably looking forward to that contingency money that he's gonna get. Stuff like that. Or if Mayfield finishes 10th, he's definitely not making as much money as he did as he's going to finish first. It's that pressure to always perform. Everywhere you go, you got to perform. You can't go, you go to a club race, you got to perform. You know, you go to a regional race, you got to perform. And then it just, it, it, there's not like these guys ain't make, so we ain't selling hundreds of thousands of product every quarter. These guys aren't making millions of dollars as professional RC car drivers. There's probably you're probably making more money than most of these guys at a regular job. And it's it's still fun, but it's a job. That's what I try to tell people all the time. It's still a job and it's still a performance-based job. Where if you ain't performing, you ain't like, you are not we're seeing it. Like you you these guys they're getting to the end of the maybe not a Ryan Mayfield, I think, has still got some years left in them, right? Well, look at Ryan Lutz. Ryan Lutz this past weekend, he went to Adrenaline. He he got beat by Lee Setzer. Lee Setzer has been doing really well. Like, he's been making A-mains in eight, in 8 scale. He's been making A-mains in 10 scale. He's quietly just coming up and getting better. Like, you know, what are you supposed to do against that? No, like you said, no responsibilities, no kids, just out here doing all. He's trying to live his RC dream, too. I, I, you know what I said? Go for it. This is what we need. We need these young guys coming up and doing this as well. Absolutely. Man, amount of times that we've gone to like a really big race and we might have been at that race for five days or, or a week uh, and then we leave the event and, you know, we say to each other, man, I, I'm glad that I don't need to look at an RC car for a week or two, right? Yeah. But to, to imagine, go, you know, you go to DNC, you spend a week 
racing there and you're doing 14 hour days at the track and then you just go straight to the next race i think that's what the the guys did they went to an ep race after dnc um and then straight on to the next one after that um that they that went to is a big, brutal a big and, 10 scale race they went to desert classic with european guys that are like basically the world's warm-up so yeah and that, that's got to take the enjoyment out of it i mean you know you say yep you're having fun but that ain't fun after a while you're just like i need to have a break from it um and you know that's why I, having a real job sometimes it why well, you know it's boring when you're at the real job it really makes going to an rc event fun because you're not doing it all the time yeah i agree and i think this is the big disconnect in rc we need to it's if for 99.5% of us it's it's a hobby that is a sport i would say because i still 100%. consider it a sport and for that 0.5% it's it's their job it's their pressure like i i, I can like i i have you know i I do this for a living now. I so if one of these sponsors leave, my my value, you know, it drops down. Like, oh, maybe I can't afford this. All of that, it's all it's all performance based. RC is completely performance based. It's it's it is pressure. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I love this job. I love being inside of it. But be in, being working in it. But I see it from this. I see that from this. What you guys are looking at as well. I see these guys that yeah, they put so much pressure on themselves at this race, or they're doing this like it's. I tried to explain this. I explained this to my buddies the other day. So we was talking about football and like, you know, just different things like that. And I was trying to tell them, I said, look, the mentality of these guys, like Ron Mayfield, Cavalry, Tebow, the mentality that these guys have is no different, no different from the mentality that our Cristiano Ronaldo has or Messi has and all that type of stuff. I said, what you got to understand is that those guys, are playing football on a level that's much bigger than RC. These guys who are champions and and at this level in RC have the same mentality as those guys, same drive as those guys. It's just in RC. You, so you're dealing with that type of mentality in a RC. In a R, that's why they're the best in RC. Just like a, a Ronaldo is who he is or a Messi who he is. The only difference is they're in a different sport. It's the mentality and the ability that they have to take that to do better and be better than other people. That people just don't have. It's no different. And it's important to talk about the career lifespan as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the 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 Tebow, the Mayfield, they they've had a, a probably the longest RC career I think out of any driver. I mean, Kenwood, Pavitas, those guys haven't spanned the length that these guys have had. And you know, now they're probably coming to the to the end of their career. I'm sure they're starting to think about their future, like what Tebow mm-hmm. is doing. Um, but. You know, we've been talking about it a lot. Uh, we've got a lot of fast drivers. You look at Alex Benazic, who is easily the fastest driver in Australia now. Um, but, you know, he's he's not really gone on the international scene because he's off getting an apprenticeship. Um, you know, he's setting up his future. But he's still really, he still really likes RC. He still wants to, to compete. Uh, he's heading over to Silver State this year. So, um, but, yeah, talking about that with the young guys and just, you know, putting into perspective, um what the lifespan of a career is going to be is is so important for young guys just to make sure you just have something else um in oh, most definitely most definitely so yeah. most definitely and and rc is something that i always say this you can't you can't train and and like you get 35 you train harder you know and you you work harder to be just at that level but at rc you can't do that you get to 35 and once you know this hand eye coordination goes or once like you know it's 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 i didn't i don't even think it's the hand eye coordination lefty i i really don't you think it's just I, life 
I, I think it's life. I don't think, yeah. it, I mean, you know, you, you see guys like Rick Howard, who's, you know, an amazing talent and there's plenty of drivers that have got, you know, that are on the wrong side of 30 or 40 and, and still super, super fast. But I think so much of this comes down to, you know, life mm. and pressure. Um, yeah. You know, and you, you have to have everything perfect as well. I mean, you you really do. You've got to have the right package. Everything's got to be on point from that perspective. And then you've got to have a, you know, a really strong mental state mm-hmm. to be able to deal with it. You know, Mayfield's done a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say so too. He like far, doesn't get frazzled that much. You know, far and away above, you know, everyone else, uh, you know, and, and it's ironic because if you think about it in the electric days, you know, way back when, um, you know, he probably was a little more aggressive than, you know, Tebow mm-hmm. and Cavalieri. And it's, you know, he, he may have had a few less wins there, but on the on the post side of his career, post kind of 2010, 2012, you know, I mean, he's just accelerated now and he's yeah. almost unbeatable when it comes to, you know, certainly racing in North America in, in Nitro. He's, you know, he's just doing amazing things and he's proving that he's dealing with, you know, his personal situation and the pressure better than most. I have to say at DNC, I just watched him will that race. Like he just will, he won that race because he just, I'm going to win it. Like that's it. Nobody won that race because he drove really smart as well. Yeah, he did. So Mayfield 15 years ago wouldn't have won that race. I would say, right. He would have overdriven it. He drove that race at like 92%. Right. right, he did exactly what he needed to do, and and that's what he's doing amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Right, it's he's managing the races. He knows what he needs to do to win, and he's in the right mental frame to be able to do it. I, I mean, I will. He just, I don't think there's like if he would have won the worlds, I wouldn't have been surprised either. That's it's. I just think he's he's at a level. I think, like you said, it's a mental level that he's at right now. He do, he knows he doesn't have to go out there and TQ runs. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to start first. He's good. He can start fourth or fifth at the at the. I think he can start farther back from that. But he has the mental fortitude. Okay, like so he knew that Fend had another uh, one less pit stop than him. So you have to, and on a track like that, that it's so crazy because uh, you don't even know who's the, where or what who's doing what. Right. A lot of pressure. Yeah. You have to figure out how to not keep your calm. Keep calm. I saw him do this at the nationals too. When he did this at the nationals in twenty twenty one. Because he had the Aiden Hoyt or somebody at one le- one less pit, he has mastered that. Like you know, okay, I need to conserve. I need to push. He if if people ain't gonna figure out, then it's gonna beat him. His racecraft, his racecraft is impeccable, impeccable all right now. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be very hard to beat him in a lot of situations. Very hard. Yeah, very he's, hard. he's super confident, right? I mm-hmm. mean. He- kind of trace it back to and he's won a lot of electric races right don't don't misinterpret what i was saying there but i think that you know a turning point for him almost was you know that double world's win in china mm-hmm. um you know that in the back of his mind he's like right i've achieved that i've done it and then somehow as he's had a family he's been able to keep the run going where you know others haven't so kudos to him he needs to keep doing what he's doing it's obviously working for him yeah and he's completely opposite he he's no social media you know what I do like that he does his race reports now. He's but he's no, and maybe that's key. Maybe that's what prolongs his 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 mental state. I don't have to deal with that. 
I can just enjoy RC and go do what you know, enjoy my family, and and then and then whoever takes care of social media takes care of social media. I think we're gonna get to a point where, at some yeah. point, like companies are gonna have to hire PR well, people and all this type of stuff. So you know. Happens. It happens in the corporate world. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't do his social media, right? No, and, I don't think he does. And, like his posts and all that stuff. I don't think yeah, he does. I don't, I don't, my guess is he doesn't do that. And and nor should he because his focus needs to be elsewhere. And that's where the team around him mm-hmm. you know, has to give him, um, you know, that space to be able to race and, and do what he's doing. I mean, you see the same, you know, whether you're a CEO of a company or you've got a senior role, you know, people don't manage their own LinkedIn's, right? That's done for, that's done for them. So it's yep. the same thing in the corporate world. I agree. I agree. I think we're going to see how long he can go. I think this is the the pro. I think we're going to see him like just be 40 something and still be a threat. I, I truly do. I think he's going to go as long as he wants to. That's yeah. how I think yeah, it's going to happen. I think arguably he's definitely in the peak performance he's ever raced at. Like Ben was saying, he's, mm-hmm. he's calm, calmed down his race. Uh, technique is is incredible. This is the best he's been driving, um, and it's interesting also to see Fend working through that transition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like five years ago, watching a DNC um, that was arguably not even as rough as the track that we raced on um, this past couple of weeks, um, and he was exploding all over the over the place. But this meeting, like, yes, he made a few mistakes, but you know that was a pretty gnarly track. Um, but he kept his head even after he made a mistake. He sort of buckled down, and he, he would have you know ten minutes without mistakes. And um, impressive to see from Fend. And I think that's impressive over the next couple of years. Like he, he's he's demonstrated really over the last couple of years that every year he's he's improving his race etiquette and race craft. And um, I, I think we need to those the battle between those two is gonna gonna keep happening over the next couple of years. Oh, sure. it's those two, and and then whoever comes third. That's how it is right now in America. I think yeah. somebody has to step up and beat them at some point, though. It, it, I just don't know who's going to do it. I would like to see maybe a Fuller do it. That's what I'd like to see it. But it, it's it's going to be very hard to beat those two guys. They're right now. And Fence, only 26, 27. Yeah. You Fence's know? trajectory is long, right? You think about, <laughs> I mean, I remember being back at Hot Rod Hobbies for the shootout in 09. You know, and he was only little then. I mean, his trajectory is huge, right? He's been around crazy. a long time. He knows how to race. You know, he's got Barry helping him now, so he's got the right people around him. And, you know, you're seeing it, right? He's progressing. He's got 15 years ahead of him. Like, look he's the best. I have him as the best all-around off-road driver in the world right now. He can win on any surface and 10 scale, and I, I can. he can win at any 8-scale race, I think, as well. Definitely impressive. And he's a nice dude. Like, he's... He's he's always available to talk. He's one of the guys always available to talk. And then I got to see a side of him where he's like enjoying RC and having fun and drinking and all that stuff at at uh, at at Masters of Dirt. All right. Um. So I want to finish this up. Let's talk about some Australian racers. So, um, I did get to meet a bunch of them at Silver State last year. Uh, and I think is Jameson. He's from New Zealand, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I did meet a, uh, meet a bunch of uh, Australians there. I mean, it's always, you guys are always coming over. Like Ben Sterling comes to DNC. You guys have traveled a lot. Uh, this year was a bunch of, I got to meet, what's his name? Shane O'Connor. Was it not, not Shane O'Connor? Shane O'Connor, O'Connor, yeah. Yeah, I finally yeah, got yeah, to meet him. Oh, is it? No, it's another one that's real fast from New Zealand too. But I got, it was a big contingent of New Zealand guys there this year. Uh, 
I am waiting for Alex to come to America because I really want to see him do well. Yep. Yeah, I he's know. An amazing talent, right? He's, he, he's, he's phenomenal. I, it's one of the things that I really enjoy now, you know, sort of from an RC perspective is looking at talent and identifying. And I think, you know, I said to, to Jason and Allison a few years ago, you know, we need to look at, uh, at Alex for J concepts and, mm-hmm. um, and he's been phenomenal. You know, he's progression chasing Kyle throughout Australia. And I think he's going to silver state. Um, so, you know, he couldn't go to the worlds last year as, as, uh, Zach said, he's doing an apprenticeship. So he's doing the right thing for his career moving forward. But he'll be at Silver State and he'll get to race there. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. He's gonna be uh he's gonna be awesome. How do you think he's gonna make on that rough, rough track? You guys got stuff like that in Australia? Yeah, he races on that stuff up in Queensland on some of the drive. What am I talking about? Like the Australian guys did well, like at that race. I think um didn't Jackson win something or something? Yeah, Jackson Jackson Bill won the intermediate truggy, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alex will do well. He's been doing a lot of practice on Sort of a similar style blown out track that's okay. that's loose. Um, so he's been putting in the work doing that, and I'm I'm sure he's going to head over and and I just the thing that we always sort of do when you go to a big meet, certainly when um, it's your first international meet, is you tend to run to the pros and see what they're doing, and you get lost in in their setups. Um, and I just hope that you know when he goes over there, he sort of falls back on what he knows mm-hmm. um, because it's just so easy to deviate from what you always run and and think that the the setup that the pros are running is going to suit your driving style um when it's just 90 percent of the time it just puts you in a in a whirl spin and you end up so far away from what you normally run and it's usually the wrong thing for your driving style and setup so um if he just sticks to what he knows um, i'm sure he'll do really good yeah that's the worst thing hey the amount of worlds i've done that at is just I need to slap myself in the head. You know, you go down chasing what the team's doing or what the pros are doing, and you just need to stick with what you know. Um, it makes such a difference. And I think we we said that to Alex and his dad before the Worlds in Perth in 2018. You know, we said, go with what you know. Don't go chasing what everyone else is doing. Just stick to what you know. And, um, you know, that advice kind of, for me, sticks with everyone. You know, when you go to a big race and everything, you, you've got to go knowing your own setups. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing and stick to it. And at the end of the day, I think you'll be better off for it. Well, I mean, I've heard everybody talk highly of him. So I'm interested to see him uh race. I mean, he beat he's beaten Kyle fair and square in 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 Australia at places that he's good at. Um, I mean, we might as well segue into that. What is it gonna I mean, look, I I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I have heard that Kyle McBride has retired, right? I it's no official post. But he hasn't raced. He hasn't done anything for a while. We had our say on this. I've talked to you guys how I felt about Kyle McBride. I thought he was he was probably that. He, I always say this. I think Kyle should have left Australia back when he was running, I think, Associated. He should have went to Australia. He should have went to America. He should have stayed there. For whatever reason, he didn't. I still think, unfortunately, I still think any racer coming from Asia, Australia, kind of has to do that as well just because of that. Can we see that for like Alex? Do you think that's possible for him? Just no, always just don't have to stay. I don't think that's his trajectory. That's that's okay. not his chosen path, right? So I mean, on the Kyle side of things, I mean, yeah, you have to ask Kyle. We we I've only heard the the rumors as well that are going around. You know, he mm-hmm. obviously didn't get to to DNC. Um, we'll have to wait and see what what comes out from that perspective. 
I don't think any racer living in Asia can really make it as a pro. And I think the reason behind that is, you know, the level of competitive racing is so high globally now. And it's so high because all these guys are racing with each other week in and week out, right? Um, you know, Kyle was at the top. Amazing what he was able to do. He was phenomenal in Australia. And, and think about the talent that the guy had because he was able to go onto a world stage with very little international racing. And do well. And do well. Like he had fourth a number of times at the Worlds, which is just phenomenal. So I look at it and I say, you know, what could he have done? Um, you know, if he if he did move to the US back when he was with AE, you know, he won the Reedy race, um, you know, that time when he was um, before yeah. he got to England. He won Silver State. Yeah, he won Silver State. So he was, he's like, yeah. let's talk about big races here, like at a very competitive time of RC. It's, yeah. it's, I think it's just a shame because I always, you know, you, you guys have had some very talented drivers, but just never, never anybody to really get over that. Like I thought Kyle was, I would say Kyle's come the closest. He's come yeah. the closest. He's, he's oh, done that, well. That, he's yeah. done well on an international stage. Like I like Kyle. I think he's fast. But it's very, I guess it's it's just, I guess it's also hard to stay motivated when you're like the big fish in the in the pond as well. Yeah, and you have to, like, you have to get to that. You have to be challenged. You have to challenge yourself. If you ain't, you're just not going to be able to stay, be, be, beat those guys. And then, everything has to line up for you to, uh-huh. you know, lift your life up and move to another country. And, and realistically, you know, you're going to have to, if you're Australian, if you don't have a, a, you know, an EU passport through, you know, your family history, you're probably going to, have to try and work out how do you get employed, you know, by the manufacturer, you know, if you're running for a U.S. company and you need a job in the U.S., right, you need a green card. You can't just, you know, like, I, I don't think. I thought think that's travel- what it was going to happen when he went associated. Right. Yeah, I- traveling for three months, you know, is, is not enough. You need to be racing with these guys every single week on the program that they race. Um, that's the only way you're going to make it. I agree. And it's you. just I way agree. too expensive to do it otherwise. I mean, if you're flying backwards and forwards between Australia and America, I mean, what company's picking that bill up? You know, you need to get over there and you need to live there. That's the only way that it's ever going to happen. And, you know, that's a that's a pretty big commitment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you need to be very confident in yourself that you can make it work. Um, you need to you need to be really at the pointy end of things. And, and to get to that, that level now um, is very difficult, really. You, you're not going to do it in Australia. The only mm-hmm. way you're going to do it is by racing against people week in, week out, like Ben was saying. So, you know, it's a pretty big commitment from the start and 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 then you need to understand what the long-term trajectory of a career is as well. Um, you know, it's probably going to be quite difficult, you know, especially, you know, even if you just look at um, housing prices in Australia, like Australia is probably one of the most expensive places in the world to buy a house. Um, you know, that's all on the mind of someone who wants to make a career out of RC. Hard, the average man. house price is probably seven fifty a million dollars now. Um, just the average house in Australia. That's crazy. So that's crazy. That's yeah. And, you know, and, to buy a house, being an RC driver, that's that's pretty that's difficult, I'd imagine. <laughs> and think about it now, right? You know, with what we've been talking about, if you look through a twenty ten lens, right, a pro RC career looked very different to mm-hmm. if you're starting in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. You know, I mean, had a salaries too. I would assume back then. Yeah, the thought you know, of you know, yeah. lifting your life up and going to the US now. I mean, I don't think anyone would do it if you know out of out of Asia. They're just it just doesn't make sense. There's too much risk involved when you see, you know, what's happening with all of these pros. I, mm-hmm. I I think the amount of pros that get paid to do this for a career only decreases over time. 
Oh yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. But uh, uh, let's finish it off on some positive notes. Australia's back racing hard. Um, I see, like, I see the guys over on the West Perth and all that. They're, not Perth. Um, where the thylacine is, they're racing. Obviously, I yeah, follow. That's Perth, yeah. yeah, that's Perth. Um, I followed the bunch of the Australians. Obviously, Jack Parsi, who you know, because he runs my Aco, very nice young man, him and his father coming along at a great rate as well. All those guys made the trip over to New Zealand. That's good to see. Uh, lots of 10 scale going on, on road in Australia. You guys are back out racing. Uh, another podcast I listen to, Action RC. He's pretty good. Yes, he's Australian. Great. He's great. Uh, it's good to see because you guys went through a lot. But like when, when COVID came, you guys shut down. There was nothing going on. Races were canceled mid-races. I remember all this type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's good to see that you guys are back and running. Um, and yeah, I thought it would be cool to have you guys on to talk some Australia RC. Uh, is there anything you want to say prior? Oh, we need to give the dates of your race, uh, Zach, of the Asia. How long you have it here? The yep, Asia Buggy Championships. To, yeah, Asian bug, Buggy Championships, 13th to 16th of July. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for it. We'll get all, all the video up, live RC. Um, get some some good content out there, and and looking forward to having some international people uh, come back to Australia, and and you know we'll have some great racing at our track. It's a it's an awesome facility, really. We've we've got everything set up, um, especially for an international guests and drivers to come to. You know they can turn up, they'll have pit space, they'll have undercover areas, they have a good canteen, awesome driver stand. We've got lights around, permanent lights around the track. Um, if we do need to run into the evening. Um, it's going to be an awesome event, and I'm looking forward to to seeing everyone. Sweet. Also, if you guys want form, if you want format spreadsheets, uh, all this type of stuff, or even, I think you had a whole guide how to start a, a track and all that stuff with PA, if, with this track as well. Hit up Zach. Uh, he's got he's he, he like you and JQ. You, you love your spreadsheets and all that stuff, it, and you guys love making formats. So you have some good formats, some good stuff to do. I look forward to this. I'll be watching this. Like I said, it's good to see the Australians racing again because I follow the scene. And now that you guys are going to have some video and stuff like that. And I'm looking forward to Alex, man. I, I really want him to do well in, at Silverstone. I do. I have. I'm, I really want to see him do well because you guys hyped him up a lot. And I and I think he can. Because I mean, like, yeah, like I just I, w- I want to see somebody come in and shake things up. That's what I want. And I think what what better storyline than that? Because that's what RC really needs is more storylines. That's what we need to focus on. These give these people some character and storylines. Ben, anything you want to say before we uh close this up? No, look, Lefty, looking forward to um, you know, racing and, and what's coming up in the calendar in the year. You know, we were just down in South Australia for a race there, which was great. So we got to see Dexter and a few of the guys and mm-hmm. it was good to get together and, and race against them. And I'm looking forward to, you know, Scotty's race. You know, the production that he puts on is world class. And I think, you know, that's what um, makes a race at the end of the day, right, is the production, the facility, and then having a commentator like himself, you know, Zach and I will get to, you know, have Scotty um, commentate the uh, the race in Manila in a month from now and then, you know, Zach's race with Scotty uh, later on in the year. So I'm looking forward to that. It creates such a buzz and I'm sure it's going to create some amazing content for everyone globally and some good racing to watch as well. Yeah, Scotty, hey, I got to work with him at Masters of Dirt. The guy's a machine. He's a machine. He don't stop. 
and he's good people and he's busy, super busy. And that's good to see. And he was good at MKGP. I thought that was awesome. Um, but you know what? I think we'll have you guys on after Philippine Masters. Let's have a recap because you guys will be there. So be good. Sounds good. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Keep up the good work. Good luck with the um the Asia Buggy Championship. I hope it fills up. Hope you get uh some some of the Asians come down to that. And um, yeah, man, let's get you guys back on her after that and talk some more RC too. Cool. Look forward to it. Thank you, Lefty. Thank you guys for yeah, all the man. support. I appreciate it. Cheers, man. Cool. Thank you to Zach and Ben for their time. Thank you for Techno for all their support. We really look forward to watching the Philippine Masters. Uh, going to be interesting to see Angaro and Badier and all those guys go at it. Not sure on who everyone's going, but it should be good. And Max and I still have a side bet on how long it's going to take for JQ to get in trouble in the Philippines. Uh, <laughs> I think Max, it's going to happen before he lands, dude. I, if anybody could pre-piss somebody off before he even gets into a country, <laughs> it is JQ. I'm pretty sure he has pre-pissed off many people before arriving in a country that he's supposed to be. I will see him shortly in Portugal, and I'm going to have to slap him around a little bit. Get him in shape. Uh, you know what? So we're going to do our news. We have a new hot. We have a new. I was slipped out. So we have a new sponsor for the hot lap section, which we're going to do. We're doing it between us because I, I kind of recorded to between without guests. But when I have guests, my point is going to be to bring them on and ask these. We did this before uh, when we first started, but it's now called the hot race tires, hot laps or hot race, hot laps. I want to thank you to Nicola and Robert Badier for the help coming on as a sponsor on the podcast. I know I'm supposed to have the logo and all this stuff up here, but I didn't have it in time before we recorded this. So thank you to Nicola Marone and, uh, and Robert. They actually suggested this, this type of segment, so it's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get a nice video made up for them and all that stuff and more information about Hot Race uh, tires. Thank you to them. Nico's off to like Singapore next week, and he's, he was telling me his schedule. I like Nicola. Nice guy. Thank you. Bobby Battier. All right, Max. So do you want to go like one? Do you want to just give me my hot laps or do you want to go first? So by the way, I can, I can give you yours. Okay. So by the way, hot laps is supposed to be answered in three words or less. Yeah. I am excited. Okay. Um, real off-road. Never coming back. Okay. You think it's dead? Dang. Okay, now I, I I'm kind of hesitant to ask this because I don't I'm, I don't think I'm gonna like the answer. Uh, e truggy. The future. No, <laughs> no, it was even worse than I thought. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now kind of a switchback. So, uh, European racing scene. Looking forward. To watching it. I want to say looking forward to watching it firsthand. But uh so to reiterate, watched it plenty on online, uh watched a little bit when I was over, but you know, not with RCGP, watched a lot of it at the worlds, but now going to IBC, I get to watch it like a, probably a real type of European race. So it's gonna be interesting. Sorry, okay. I had to explain that. Yeah, okay. And then uh American racing scene. Hot right now. Okay. Okay. Now this was my favorite question. So favorite uh, world's final 
from any class. You know what? I was going to ask you about this, a world's final. Um, man, I don't know because I don't know them all, but I would have to. I'm going to be biased. 2023. 2022 world. Yeah, that I have to say that was like, that was like when I thought what would be mine, that was definitely one of the top choices, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that was a stacked mains, to be honest. Yeah, and there was stacked yeah. semis. So. Yeah, and, and the, it was like racing from start to finish. Okay, Ongara led for most of the main, but still, like it was close. Okay, all right. Is that all? You have any more? <laughs> yeah, that's that's all my five hot okay. race. All right, so I have, I have four for you, and I have, I think I have a fifth one in my brain. So first one is because I know you're a big fan of this WRC rally is. Um, greatest motorsport. Okay, number two. If you and JQ woke up in jail, what would be your first three words to him? <laughs> uh, I gotta go with four. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Oh, because say, I know, I know he he would have been the one who got us in trouble. Oh, what the fuck did you do? No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you be. All right, yeah. number three. If you could, if you had an RC time machine, okay. and you can go back to like the beginning, not the beginning. I would say like early two thousands attitude era one eight scale racing. Right, you can go back to that. What are three things you would bring back from this future right now and give it to this class? Like if you came back like a Greek god and said, here, you have fire. You know, what would you um, give RC people? What would you give to Greg Degani, Jeremy Coates, Richard Saxon, and all those guys back in the attitude? Um, dang, there's so many things. Three uh, things. Three things. I'd say, well, number one has to be engines. Okay. Then uh, um, I'd say plastics. Plastics. So durability. And, uh, durability, yeah. And um, body designs. I'm one of those guys who definitely likes the new star bodies. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's good because the next question is actually about bodies. Because I know you love Arrow and you argue and this is why you and Jeff Keaton don't like each other really deep down because he doesn't agree if you have wings on your body. But three words to say to anybody that said, and JQ, because he doesn't believe in this, but I believe he does, that say Arrow on eight-scale buggy bodies is placebo what would you say three words to those people um physics scale down okay okay good it's that and the simple. last hot laps hot race hot laps of this episode 232 would be max you had one you can only race one of these ever for the rest of your life one of these two you have to race it's 10-scale carpet racing or 10-scale clay USA dirt sanding down tires racing? Which one do you pick? Uh, carpet, 100%. I would if agree with you there, too. I pick carpet yeah. 100% all the time. Too. If it, if it, like, one thing it would be, 
if you didn't have to sand down the tires, then I would pick dirt. But because I know how it is, slicks then, seem to work if you get the right slicks. Yeah, it, it's but it's like it has to be spec tire and spec additive and all that. So yeah, yeah. carpet hundred percent. All right. Well, thus ends our first official hot race hot laps. Check out hot race tires, everybody. Uh, second, uh, they're just doing great things. They're big in Europe, big in America. They just, you know, Nicola's a good people. They got people involved with them. Thank you for their support. We greatly appreciate it. You know what? If you guys have some questions for the hot laps, uh, shoot me a message. Shoot me an email. We, we're always looking for this. And it's meant to be fun. It doesn't have to be RC related. It could be any, well, obviously it can't be, you know, like too intimate and stuff, but you know, it can, <laughs> it doesn't have to be RC related. All right, Max, I think that ends it. We're having a short podcast after a four and a half hour one, four hour and 20 minute one the yeah. last time. The last so a little shorter. Long. Tried a few different things this week. You know, we're always trying to try different things. Yeah, everyone, thank you to uh, everybody that tuned in. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to BJ for the help with the notes this week. The notes were excellent. Thank you guys for everything. Uh, thank you to Ben and uh, Zach for coming on board. It was a great catch up. I don't know if we're going to do things like that. I kind of want to do different regions and have a specific podcast for them if I can. And maybe just once a month. So I kind of want to do Latin America. That'd be in Spanish. The Australian Asia move. Maybe the guys can be in charge of making the podcast and we do it. And I host it and I edit it up and put it up. And it's basically talking about what's going on in that region, but it gets the exposure to everybody else through the no name RC podcast. Cause what I want is people to understand the other regions RC. Obviously, in Latin America, you won't because it's Spanish, but you get the gist. So maybe we'll do more of this. We'll see. Uh, it gives a spotlight to that that person and those, that, that country, that region. So we shall see. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the hot laps. If you have any suggestions for that, are we going to do some more ranking systems? We're still trying to figure that out. Max doesn't want to do feelings. I, you know, he just wants to do facts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just want to do pure feelings. So it doesn't really get along like that, but maybe it does. Uh, we don't know, but we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we will obviously, as you guys know, I will be traveling. I will be trying to release the podcast when I'm traveling like this. It's kind of hard. I will be doing some content, maybe some dropping off in some hobby shops as well. I'm going to do a few toy hunts as well. I know there's nothing to do with RC cars, but I'm going to do a little toy hunt because Danny used to be into toy hunting. Looking forward to that. All like all the YouTube guys that I follow, most of them are in South Florida, like South Florida, North Carolina. So maybe I'll run into them. And uh, I'm looking forward to being back in America for the NNRC Southeast tour. If you see me, we've talked on Facebook. Please just come up, shake my hand, tell me your name, tell us where we talked or we met. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I meet so many people, I forget. You know, I, I forget. I, I usually forget, and I'm getting bad. I'm getting old. My my memory's going. You know, I'm gonna be 45 this year. Hey, Jake, you guys 40 soon. Woohoo! I want to see Joseph win 40-plus at DNC. That's, he is that's not going to win 40-plus. He ain't beating Drake. He's He can, like, Drake, he's, Drake. He can beat Drake. Yeah, he can. Not like Drake. Joseph I mean, is not beating Drake. Avo. He, he's retiring. He, he's retired. He said he's retired. He has a retirement. Yeah, but, you know, but, like, 40-plus is kind of like retirement class, you know? We shall see. We shall see. Uh, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, we'll get my yellow boat in the water before I leave, so I'm going to have to wait till I come back. 
Okay. I please uh, don't sink it immediately. No, you put two noodles in there so it doesn't sink. Because if you don't, oh. and that thing flips over and gets water, it gets. So you got put. Yeah. You stuff it with pool noodles. So when it does flip over, because water's going to enter it, it it uh keeps it afloat. So okay. if I don't put pool noodles in it, then my body's going to have to go scuba diving for it. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Uh, the fun things about boats, right? Yeah, scuba diving. You know. I I just can't like for me like. Just I was going told, to marshal a car from a ditch is too much. Like, I was told like, to stop, to not stop, talk nonstop boat stuff to you. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, like, they are, they look fun, and they probably are fun, fun to like drive. But like, I to me, it's like it doesn't thing on my brain, you know. I'm sure it would once you figure out what you need to do to make them go, like the angles and stuff that you need. It's all about angles. I know, I know. Fluid, fluid dynamics is fun to end. Oh my gosh, extent. you'd be putting scoops and wings on your boat and all this type. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you can fiberglass and mold all that. No, no boats for yeah. you. No boats for you. Max, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everybody that tuned in and listened. We, we will be back when we have you on again. We will have questions. We just didn't have time this week. And I look forward to uh, seeing everybody here in the southeast pretty soon. Uh, with that said, I would I like, s- okay, yeah, man. I would like before you go to the ending, ending um, shout outs. I would like to apologize to Ryan Cavallari for saying for things t- a little bit too harsh, but sometimes uh, the truth has to be faced. <laughs> Nothing against Ryan, but I don't know. I kind of wish him just to do well, dude. I, I don't do know. Well. I have no doubt that Ryan Cavalier. Okay, I I kind of I have my fingers crossed. He finishes on the podium this week. Watch weekend him go win Silver State. Wouldn't that be like I'd be like I am not yeah, surprised if he wins amazing. Silver State. The thing if is, like I wouldn't State, be either. You have to do something crazy. Yeah. Okay. I have to do. I, I have to. Agree. But the thing is, like ask, I wouldn't okay. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win like a big race. Because that's how he is. No, you know, he no, just... no, don't change the story. Don't change the story. No, so, no, no. no. My, my story is... Say, what are you going to do? Okay, okay. You know, we ask the people out there. We, you know what? No, but somebody might tell you to, um, to do something really bad. What should Max do if Cavallari wins Silver State? Let us know in the comments. Yeah, YouTube comments. I don't Let even know. know what that could be. But, <laughs> uh, okay, like, luckily, the possibility of that happening isn't very high. But, like, in my mind, I can see Cavalry winning a big race like that. So I'm a little bit scared. You should be. You should be. Never count out the goat. Such yeah. heresy coming out of your mouth, Max. Like, I know. But the thing is, the thing is, like, I remember the time where you was, like, like, you would have, like, if you saw Cavalry, you would have, you would have, like, kneeled down and, like, prayed in front of him, like, hey, nice to see you, all that. You was, like... Know. None he was either. like your hero. Now you switch to Mason Fuller. Now Mason Fuller is your best friend. I'm all about the youth, man. Yeah, yeah. You kind of went man. from goat to youth, you know. No, like, I remember. I'm still, I'm still freaking out over fan. And then we have Rana Falk. So you know, there's enough yeah. of me to go around. I freak out over all of them. So that that is true. I'm, I'm, I, I, I give them. Give them all tough love. So you do, you do. You definitely give them that finished love. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes people need a little bit of a kick in the ass to, to get things going, you know? Definitely. A kick in the arse. You know what? With that said, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you to everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you to the NNRC squad. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you to the members on YouTube. We can't do it without you guys. If you're joining, there's a link in the written description. Thank you to these awesome companies. We have written links. Sorry, we have links. We have coupon codes. We have affiliate links. All in the written description of this podcast. Thank you to these companies for sponsoring us. They are InvisibleSpeed.net, Hitech RC, Sunpedal USA, Sidewinder USA, Mayako, Hot Race Racing Tires, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA, Lugs Racing Tires, Call RC, WRCE. Shout out to WRCE. We'll be working with Danny. House of RC, who just reached 7,000 members. Congratulations to Connie on that. That's a great achievement. Uh, RCGP. And shout out to our drivers, David Ronald, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, and Alexander Hagberg. Congratulations to Alexander Hagberg on his eighth uh, European title. And tomorrow is Wednesday, as we're recording this. So he'll get to watch the next episode of The Mandalorian, which is great as well. So, Max, by the time this comes out, I'll be in Florida. I don't know what I'll be doing in Florida, but I'm pretty sure it'll be hot and I'll be having some frosty beverages with the locals there. And I'm looking, hanging out with my friends and helping Danny set up. I look forward to that. See everybody on the NNRC Southeast tour. Also, I forgot to say, I forgot I had this. So I bought this back home after uh, RCGP in UK. So SJ Shantler bought this for me the the year they had this race, the DXR Dirt Kings, back in 2019. And I finally got it from him and I found it in my closet because I was looking for this shirt and I got all these shirts, right? And I was like, where did my wife put my shirt? And I finally found it today, so I wore it. So thank you, SJ Shantler, DXR Dirt Kings. I would, I would love to see this race come back or a race similar to mm -hmm. this and be popular and get the Americans over there. Uh, to race against the Europeans. So that was that was the race. That was the race where Lutz won, right? Yes, him and Ongaro had a, that vicious battle. That was that was like race. a that was actually a great like great main race. event. Main great event. race, great main event, great main event. Forty five minutes of pure racing, yeah. pure racing. All right. With that said, Nitro is the glory. E buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Max. You're actually at the end of a podcast yeah, and your yeah. camera isn't dead. <laughs> what a miracle. What a miracle. Max and Lefty. Remember, we want your comments in the YouTube and hit that sub button, that notification button, like, dislike, leave a comment. Max at full salute. Max and Lefty, we're out. <laughs>